transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. all on record Let's go. <laughs> how you doing man <laughs> you're you, you all right yeah i'm just now noticing after not really paying attention i got quite a bit of gray in my beard Ooh, starting to gray up yeah i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing gray means wisdom doesn't it it is, you know, I, I, it does, and I think some peppering is a, uh, is uh, it's kind of classy, these, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. The sophistication. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have, I honestly, I, I have uh, more white hairs and stuff coming in like every day on my head. Like I got, and then, like you can tell they've been they're old growths, and then there's new growths because there's like ones that are like you know fucking seven, eight inches long, and then there's ones that are like you know just starting out. I'm just like, oh no! But it's all in like this area. It's like yeah. in one area on my head. <laughs> uh, could be distinguished. Just get that rogue look, dude. That'd be awesome. I just get a rogue, a natural rogue streak, dude. That's that's the best. I have to put mine in. It's pretty rad that people <laughs> yeah. just grow naturally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You have you have a rogue streak. <laughs> Do you, I mean, you can't really tell right it, now. Yeah, yeah. When it's all when it's all up and under there, look at that, the blossoming jewel that is that is your hair. How I long have you flower. been growing your hair your hair out now, man? Like uh, since 2000. So when we were in Simon, that was the last time I cut it. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I was like, yeah, when I cut it into the rat tail, the rat tail actually fell out. And it's just like we were in Skeppin skiing one day and I was playing <laughs> with it and it literally just pulled right out like a whole foot and a half of hair. Just yeah. It was disgusting. <laughs> there it is. And that's the, the the death so, the life and death of a rat tail, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Like two thousand thirteen probably? That yeah, that probably would have been like two thousand thirteen then. Because, yeah. Because we I remember one of my favorite photos of you and I ever taken is at Are you shit. It's not it, well. Not one of my favorite. I've got bar. quite <laughs> a few. Yeah, the bar in Bellingham. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm in the air and you're beating the shit out of the drum set. Yeah, I look mad at that drum set, man. You do. Uh, a, I love that photo, but it, it's a great photo, honestly, man. And yeah, I look, I agree. There's like. I don't know if it's that it, it, there's there's a few from that night but uh the one that stands out to me i don't know if it's the exact same one but it's like you just like shouting like you look like you're just fucking like sh- like spitting just like yeah 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 fire out of my yeah like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah that's yeah, just, totally from that tank night yeah we were like, that night we were up against like the melvins at the white buffalo we were up against like a very good band directly across the street 
and, and we still had people with us. Like we still, we still had people. We did. We did. We had a crowd. <laughs> that was actually kind of. That was a fun. That was a fun night. That was a. Uh, like, An old man trying to steal my beer. Yeah, that's right, dude. He kept trying to like use the mic. I think at one yeah, point we just, yeah, tried to, too. we just tried to let him at one point. Like, fine, say what you're gonna fucking say. <laughs> yeah, do it, man. Get it out of your system. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, because Bellingham we has some drunk. Who? Like, we were playing with. Uh, God damn, dude. Who were those guys that that Essen? Like, he was like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Those it'll, two it'll, cats. Those two cats were really cool, actually. Dylan and I want to say Dylan and Keith, but I don't think that's right. But uh, he ended up joining them after he was in our project. Um, they were really cool. That was Kim Jong Ilin. Yeah, Kim Jong Ilin, dude. They, they were sick. they were just fucking rad dudes, and they I don't know they had a good energy to them, man. They were super nice, super sweet, yeah. great yeah. musicians. Yeah, they were, and we played a number of like shows with them. We did like a couple of shows up in Bellingham with them. Yeah, I have they came three. Down here. Yeah, three up there with them, and then they came down here like to Olympia for a, a handful. Also, some of those out late of those night three shows, <laughs> yeah, late night voyeur night. I remember out of those three shows that we played with them in Bellingham, yeah. one of them was good. <laughs> I mean, two of them were rememberable. All yeah. of them are very memorable. I will never forget yeah. club. I will never There's forget that, the that, experience that, we had at club. That club, man, that club was so weird. Like, they had an elevator that didn't nobody work. came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I can't was... wait to talk to Troy. Oh yeah, dude. The amount of excitement I had that Troy Troy Vines was on the fucking podcast. It was just like I lost my shit. I would yeah. I was so giddy about it. <laughs> yep. I lost right. my shit. Oh yeah. Before we get into this, okay, uh Halloween. What are you? First of all, do you guys do a couple costumes for Halloween, or do you guys do individual costumes? And if so, either of those being the case, who are you guys choosing to be this year? If you've given any thought, uh, I mean, I have cursory just, uh, thoughts on it. I haven't, like, I honestly, uh, I wanted to cosplay at a comic con like a couple years ago as the question. And I was thinking about yeah. trying, trying to do that because I always loved it. And that would work for Halloween pretty well because the question's such a cool Fuck character yeah. with that, that blank face and just, you know, fucking yeah, noir sure. detective. So I was thinking about that. Um, but we have, I mean, like in the past, we've done, me and Nadine have done one couple's costume. And that was Han Solo and Princess Leia. And she was, Han, she was Han Solo and I was Princess Leia. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I that was great. I, I actually I really dug that. I kept my I kept the, the stash for it and it was and everything. It was it had the Princess Leia <laughs> buns and the and the mustache to boot. Uh, That's uh, Diana and I finally decided. I think uh, we were originally going to do Sergeant Hatred and Princess Tiny Feet from the Venture Brothers. That'd be cool. But I would. I would effectively have to shave my head and get hatred in big block letters tattooed down my body, which I'm all full for 110%, but I don't think Diana would like you very much. You so we switched to the Monarch. Oh, that's good. The Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. So I'm growing my beard out so I can get a fucking Monarch goatee swirly thing. Swir- swirly so that's, thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's and a I'll good have, idea. I'll have a head basically my whole head will be in black with a little crown so you won't be able to see my hair yeah yeah that, that, uh, that's good that's a good no 
that'll be a good look, man. That, I mean, uh, we'll see. You, yeah, I mean, it's and it's now's the time to start thinking, to like really start like thinking and finalizing some ideas if you're gonna plan like a good, like a legit costume. You know what I mean? I feel like bitches already be planning Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? Why does Halloween get left out? That's a fun. That could be a fun oh, thing. Sure. It's just up to you. Yeah, you just gotta put a little effort into it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, last year, Diana and I, I was um, Violet J and she was Shaggy Two Dope for my CP. <laughs> we, we did, we, we pulled it off too. Yeah, we fucked, I, I had a jersey on, she had like a Mark Echo triple XL on, she's like five foot two, a yep. hundred pounds. So we got the biggest Paul T we could find. Yeah, go to Ross and go to like the triple X's on the end. <laughs> See what kind we of. We went thing. to Marshall's. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was at Ross the other day because uh, uh, Joe was telling me that they had some Dragon Ball Z shirts there. And so I was like, well, fuck, I'll go check them out. Uh, I got there and there was like a couple of Dragon Ball Z shirts, but they had a weird amount. And Joe, uh, Joe mentioned this, but I just, it was, it was true. It was just like this weird amount of uh tupac themed shirts like, <laughs> like, like it was the most yeah. ran, random fucking thing there was like ones with like just Fuck his yeah. face on it then there's ones with like his face and like poetic justice underneath it and, like, you know, like, he's becoming he's becoming like uh you know and i'm gonna get super racist and i'm sorry but you know how mexicans love marilyn monroe okay like they're they're doing that to tupac <laughs> They're doing that exact. Pretty soon, we're gonna see fucking Tupac. Exactly, we're gonna see him in a poodle skirt, standing over a vent with it blowing up, but he's got like a Tommy gun in his hand and he's just mowing down cops. And for some reason, we'll say Scarface behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. God damn. One day. Yeah, that's like the weirdest. All right, so we were no. uh, I went to Romania when I was like 15. And the one thing that I saw that was a commonality between America and this podunk little town that I was in was that there is a large amount of Tupac and Biggie Smalls t-shirts. A large <laughs> amount. Not even a little bit, but a lot. Well, I mean, not to, like... It's just, it's just weird. It's just, yeah. I mean, not to discredit, like, the those two artists and, like, the work that they put out, but... Or, you know, or, you know, the lives they live or whatever you want. You know, people are super fans for those cats. But but it's, like, strange how the merchandise just continues to blow up. You know, like... Oh, and somebody's profiting off. Like, yeah. somebody is making... And if it's not their estate, it's either their record label or their manager or, like, yeah. somebody that has power over their creative license. Yeah, and I think like it's one of those things where like the longer that shit goes on, along like in terms of like post mortem, like the yeah. like the longer it like the more it dilutes the work in a way. I learned something this week that I found extremely interesting. What's that? That I did not know. In 2007, Michael Jackson bought the entirety of Eminem's back catalog. What? <laughs> Yeah, I researched it. He bought it all, and he owned it up until he died. And Sony Sony didn't revert it back until 2011. I don't remember when Michael died, but it was time after. Um, So he did get it back, yeah. But 
Michael Jackson bought it for like $340 million from... That's insane. From like AMC, whatever Eminem's fucking record label was. And uh, in the process, Michael Jackson is quoted or, or is heard publicly stating that... Um, what was it? It was like the Eminem show has just dropped or whatever the fuck. And he had an album... He had a music video for that album that he like imitated Michael Jackson for a second and kind yeah. of gave it like a, a perverted feel. I don't remember. I think it's probably Guess Who's Back or something like that. And uh, so, my, yes, please do. So Michael Jackson being the amazing, uh, I'm not going to say person after that, the amazing uh, businessman. Yeah. He had some he, weird nasties. He did. So he got so pissed off that Eminem was making fun of him. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy your music. And then he bought his music. He bought it all. That's the that's such crazy shit, dude. And that's like, that's that, you know, like, especially that point in Michael Jackson's life, you, he was pretty aware of how much he was like, you know, he's accumulated and what he could get away with and do and whatnot. Uh, he got away with a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, if you want to learn more about that, watch the Chappelle Show skit with Michael Jackson on trial. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh-huh. but no, um, that's just nuts because there's this other story of like, I mean, I think this is the crazy, this is a crazier story, but there's this like, you know, thing where like Michael Jackson, because he wanted to experience going to a shopping, going to a grocery store. Yeah. Like, like buy yep. out a grocery store and just walk around and put things in a cart and like, you know, be and around To take it even further, that... he would hire actors, actors to be in the grocery store right. and they could not interact with him or, or like look at him. I, if I'm correct on that, I know that he hired actors that stocked the whole fucking thing because he just wanted to know what it felt like, but he didn't want to have everybody freaking out. So yeah, they weren't allowed to freak out that it was Michael Jackson just so he could walk around a fucking grocery store. That's a hundred percent factual. I know, that's just so weird, man. It's so weird. And like that's Yeah, how's that Eminem like, thing? You find the article? Yeah, I found I found something like the uh, Guardian article that's kinda of talking about it. And it mentions that the his acquisition of the Eminem's uh, back catalog came up like shortly after he was forced to give up the rights to the Beatles back catalog. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because he bought he bought a record label. He bought like AMA or something like that. Or like with the help of Sony, they acquired a, a record label and therefore a bunch of fucking rights to a whole slew of musicians' music. And the Beatles was one of them, yeah. But something that popped up, uh, I'd have to look at it, like try and find it more, but something did pop up that was like talking about referencing some sort of beef. Michael Jackson got back at Eminem. $340 million. But it's like, who tried? Like, what the fuck, dude? I mean, you think about this. You think about this in the context of right now, though. Michael Jack, what's weirder? Michael Jackson buying Eminem's back catalog to fucking spite him, or like Jeff Bezos going to space? <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah, no, I get it. You know I mean? true. We live in U- uber rich, yeah. the uber rich weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like um, Jeff Bezos's was so petty, you know. Michael Jackson really had some some depth <laughs> to his perspective on this decision. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I, I side with Jackson on, on this one. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, they're not bringing up the song, but they did. Ref- this does reference like Eminem did a diss on Michael Jackson in a, like some like 05. 
he made no comment and then turned around and did that. God, what song is it though? It, I'm not gonna listen to Eminem's music to find it. Yeah, just dig through it just to find it. That'd be nah. Uh, Torture. Yeah. How uh, how's the weather over there? Are you guys getting a lot of this smoke? No, everybody over here in classic Western Washington fashion. Everybody over here is talking about the smoke. Like, like it's a reality. <laughs> They're like, oh God, yeah, like the smoke can blow over the mountains any fucking day. And like, and, and like we've had a, we've had like one day so far that I classify as maybe hazy. Uh, sure. And it, yeah, so we've, we've been fine. But I've heard, yeah, Dusty mentioned that the, that ship is fucking gnarly over there right now. It's super, we've had a white sky for the past four days probably i mean pure white God, pure man. white and i feel like i'm in morrowind and the map hasn't rendered yet like it's just i'm running it, through the world map and things on the horizon are just slowly appearing yeah it's i mean in a very unhealthy way it's pretty bad that that lingering uh, sucks on that way but it also becomes kind of like uh it gives always always like an eeriness to, to everything too uh, oh it feels uh, like silent hill yeah yeah, uh-huh. but you also get like you, you get to breathe in the smoke too, so you know it's like extra damaging. So. Do you have, are people like? Yeah. I mean, are people having to like, not because of COVID, I get masks, but like, are they having to be like smoke masks now? Yeah. No, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's and the thing. I'm, and that. there's all public spaces have people with no masks on. I feel like everybody's stare- like we went to the movies the other night. We saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail in oh, theater. Cool. It was very cool. Um, and no, literally no. I had my mask on the whole movie, and not a single person in the theater had a mask on. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely uh, reverted straight back to like I was like for for but a moment a moment's time I was like trying to enjoy going like to s- certain places and feeling like oh maybe I don't have to have have my mask on, and now I'm I'm right kind of right back to like all right. I'm just gonna play it safe. Like I just, you know, I don't yep. give a fuck about it all. Like I feel uh, naked. Yeah, I feel vulnerable. Yeah, I feel. I think vulnerable is a good word. I feel very vulnerable uh, without it, and and that's yeah. also partially because like things at my day job where like I, I see, you know, snot nosed kids, and I see people like cough right in your for other people's faces, and like, you know, it's just like, yep. and they all like, and people just. As soon as you, as soon as we gave up on social distancing things at work, uh, not that I'm like proud of that, but as soon as we gave up on that, we basically <laughs> like people just started cramming themselves into the space, like on top of each other in mass. So like, yeah, it's it's nuts, and you're just like, does does nobody in this room? seem to care like no. all of a sudden we these, these 75 people that just jam themselves into a, this fucking small space like no they don't give a shit about themselves or the people around them. they just yeah. want to get their fucking coffee their eight arms big pastry and then get the fuck out and that's well, exactly dude and that's why i don't fucking get it. it's just they're like what's the like still to this, this this moment it's like what's the fucking harm and just saying like oh i gotta give that person in front of me some space like big fucking deal like like I, it's like when you're driving and you're purposely not tailgating but you're like a car's length away from the person in front of you and then there's yeah. a dickhole on your ass it's yeah. just riding you as like 
I'm like, trying to be responsible. Yeah, You're they're making they're like, speed up, man. What the fuck you doing? <laughs> yep. Like, I am going as fast as the person in front of me. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, that shit's so fucking stupid, dude. It's... Ah, man. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. It's yeah, human. Yeah. Well, I'm glad... I'm, I mean... I'm glad that you're weathering the smoke and shit. I mean, it's like, it's, that's like, it's an unfortunate fact of life and it has been for a very long uh, time, it feels like, but it's just gotten yeah. so much gnarlier it's in, in the last like decade for sure. <laughs> I mean, it must have been like 97, 98 when like a third of Chelan County caught on fire towards, it might not be Chelan County, but it's up towards Chelan. Yeah. And I remember driving through shit i remember that happening twice i remember it happening in 2009 also that like Stellan was on fire yeah maybe that was 2008 but it's just it's just a way of life over here now you just accommodate with the smoke yeah but like i said earlier though it's it's really this weird funny thing to me that like people over here seem you know in olympia area they seem to like you know, they just they they don't have a ton going go like disrupt disrupting their lives in town. So they look at like something like that yeah. happening over there, and then even though they don't know they don't know dick all about the eastern side of the state, they they seriously will like try and latch on and like be like, oh, uh, I feel that emotion. Like, oh, now I'm afraid of the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just, yeah, like, I think dude. half of them are like shit. Spokane's in Washington? I thought that was part of Idaho. Yeah, like legitimately, man, like I talked to, Wenatchee's the, the geographical center of the Washington state, right? We have it's, a it's, fucking it's flag. In this, in it's in this place that exists in, in what's called central Washington. People Imagine just that. like, people just immediately go like, Cleelum is, and like, that, all, everything further is like all East Washington. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, it's it's just it's just either east or west. That's that's what happens. Yep. It's very polarizing. Each side is like really ignorant to what happens on the other side. It seems like. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I agree. It's so uh, it's such a strange dynamic, though. Don't you think? Like, like oh yeah, it's uh, it's like Wenatchee and East Wenatchee when we were in high school almost, and like we would go to a show and there'd be Wenatchee kids there that were gonna also play the show. And it's like, you, we don't know anything the fuck about them. Yeah. You might know a friend or two that they've got, but it was instant like, hey man, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Like it took a long, took a long time for like <laughs> the whole, and that that's just between a river. Like I can, this is a mountain range and miles we're talking about. Yeah. This it's, is not to mention as, as open-minded as the Western side wants to think and believe that they are. Yeah. I think there is a lot of closed off uh, mindsets and perspectives, especially yeah. about the state that they live in. Oh, absolutely. I would say that over here, you find a bigger polarization in like how people view classes of wealth. <laughs> uh, sure. And like over on the other side of the state, it's more. I'd say like the way that people most likely negatively view other people is probably through like racial status is from my experience how do we like, say race it's race and, yeah yeah not racial status race i don't know why i said status uh <laughs> like that's, that's kind of a good point i mean but true but uh but it's 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 strange they, there's but there's you know yeah like you said at both places have have a have an underbelly i suppose you know and that, that kind of negative yeah. side so, 
but that that being said, you know, it's I still think Washington's a god a goddamn great state to live in, though. I can't hate. I, it I that agree. Much. <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got what way. like the highest density of millionaires or some shit like that. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me feel that great about it. <laughs> well, that and I think we for a time had the highest density of serial killers too. Yeah, see, I like so that So I think those probably better. go hand in hand. <laughs> They're probably. I bet those charts are extremely similar. That'd be interesting. Uh, I just recently read this article from 1995 that was published in the LA Times, and it was called "Little Town of Horrors," and it was about Wenatchee, Washington, and it was talking about how. In the 90s, a series of different things happened in Wenatchee that were all kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> there was this the killing of a mother-daughter, uh, the Huffmans, by, uh, I can't remember his name, I'll see if I should bring that article up, but he was later dubbed the uh, werewolf killer or something like that. Uh, and... Uh, then there was also talking about how in the 90s there is this big scandal that went through um, where some people were being accused of pedophilia around the town. Yeah, they made a documentary about it. In, in the church. I didn't know that. that. That's interesting. It's called In the Valley of Sin, and Fox News made it. In the I'm Valley not lying. In the Valley of Sin. God, dude. A multi-episode, multi-episodic documentary about that pedophilic sex ring that happened in our county, which... Do you think it's it's, worth watching? I haven't watched it, but I've watched clips, and you have to subscribe to Fox News' streaming service to be able to watch it. (laughs) But it's... A lot of the people around me have watched it, and it sounds brutal. It sounds so brutal and so fucked up. Yeah, well, from from my understanding, uh, very cursory knowledge on it, but it's it sounds like there was accusations being made um, that were then uh, investigated, and then it kind of the case started growing terms of like from, you know from there but who's involved yeah and but eventually it led to uh i th- like i believe the, the arrest and prosecution of a couple of people but they, those were later i think overturned yeah and, the, and that's that, I, that's where I, I don't know i'm not too sure on that though i know the documentary goes into the corruption of wenatchee pd and apparently a lot of it has to deal with the amount that they covered up and kind of vouched for yeah. the public, the local public figures that were involved. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I heard. What I heard. What, uh, anyway, I'm gonna really look into this more because I'm really fascinated by it. Thanks for telling me about the documentary. I don't know. Ah, oh, man, yeah. I'll probably have to subscribe At least to the Fox trailer News for like a second, you know, just to try and watch yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking nuts, though, dude. But yeah, so this LA Times article is really just like it's very colorful language and everything but it so it references that uh the murder of april and mandy huffman and then the, also this incident where two 12 year old boys gunned down like a migrant farmer like on the banks of the columbia 
like holy shit yeah yeah so it was like again you know you can look into it more if you, uh, but uh, but these two kids were like they had like taken guns from their houses or something like that to fuck around with or whatever and at some point they were down by you know columbia and some farmer guy was kind of like playfully throwing a rock in their direction and they like one of the kids basically just turned around and just like and just like 18 fucking rounds into the dude like Jeez. two 12 year old fucking kids like that's that's fucking nuts man but yeah, I thought it was hella interesting, man, when I found this article because I was just like, I mean, I I had remembered uh, a little bit about the Huffman murder. I didn't fucking remember anything about that fucking like ring, sex ring. You know, me either. That's fucking nuts. But yeah, apparently it involved. How does that make uh, you feel? Very, was I one of the very uneasy, kids? man. <laughs> yeah, it's like because I'm one of the ugly kids, clearly, because I didn't get fucked. Hey, you know, I'll nobody be wanted me. I've long known that I'm ugly, but at least this is validation. <laughs> we, went, we went to a good church, man. Like, when we were growing up, you and I went to the same church. That's a, how long we've known each other. Like, I will say, it it had a better community than the other ones that, like, my, like my mom had bounced us around to. I can name some shitty people at that church right off the top of my head. Oh, for sure. But, but ev- oh, for everybody's sure. shitty to somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. The the like distinctly the point I tell people this all the time. Distinctly the point in which I refused to want to go to church anymore was uh, when I dude the pastor that it was it wasn't Steve Brewer. Yeah, it was Steve, but but he had brought in some sort of like guest speaker or whatever, and this was like really close to after the Iraq War had begun, and this guy was basically up up behind a fucking podium. Uh, you know, speaking to this this congregation and telling them that Jesus Christ would fucking fight the Iraq War if he was alive today, and it's just that was like hard you know, sell, you know hard I mean? sell. Like on yeah. top of everything else it, that like that you have to buy into, it was just like that was just like yeah. such a slap, and it particularly it hit me because like in the valley. There, there was no secret about the fucking military guys who would just go around to the high school and like go around and like try and cherry pick teens and like get them to like start signing up early and like you know and, yep. and so it was just like it was kind of fucked i was just like that's fucked up and like you that's like if you're reading if you're reading anything out of this book uh that like leads you to that then like i'm not into this <laughs> like, you know that's the basis of christianity throughout i mean we don't have to go into this we're just yeah, saying like yeah. so many wars just, just started just, on that book just that's just my personal experience and how yep. like how it kicked me out of like out of that mindset uh and, and you know I'm not, sure. I'm, I'm not saying that people don't have to believe in what they want to believe and like christians can believe in christianity you know all they fucking want i'm not gonna like you know slap them down for deciding to dedicate themselves to whatever they want but that's their life and it's just it but it it, it's worth taking a second to like make sure that the people that are stuffing stuff down your fucking throat are you know i don't know not full of shit not full of shit (laughs) but yeah yeah so huge that's some that's some that's some wild stuff though like all that like the little the little town of horrors uh yep that's a cool article title yeah 
It's very catchy. Leslie Nope would be proud of that. <laughs> I've been re- <laughs> I've been rewatching Parks and Rec, and like I love every time she interacts Fuck with yeah. the reporter. She's like, "All right, got a headline for you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but way, it's always way too fucking long. That Eminem diss track, or the Eminem track that had the diss on it, was "Just Lose It." Just Lose It. Got it. Yeah, I, okay. I, I'm not familiar. I'm not I don't familiar even... with the actual diss. I know the hook, but yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, you found it. <laughs> but yeah, that's I feel it. like we should talk about Troy because I listened to that podcast and there are some things. What do you want to talk? One. About? Well, I think I accurately called accurately. I accurately uh, called him being in. Yeah, yesterday never came. Oh yes, sir. I I knew he was I in yesterday never that. came. I just didn't know. There was, I didn't know that half the people were in that band. Yeah, I mean, technically him, me, and Zach, and I can't remember. I think it might. I can't remember who else, but like I think we were the original. It. It was a- and and Troy. That's what Troy was referencing. Was like the squeaky hinges was the original iteration yeah. of yesterday never came and basically then i got i i got kicked out and then they made became yesterday never came <laughs> i bet zach hated the squeaky hinges i just oh. can imagine him coming up with a name and that not being it oh definitely that was you know i guarantee you that was me <laughs> I, gar- I guarantee you i probably looked at a squeaky hinge in my dad's wood shop and i was like the squeaky hinges <laughs> light bulb <laughs> yeah but yeah that, that was i mean that whole like yesterday that whole the squeaky hinges aside yesterday never came was like from my uh from what I'm aware of, it was the like first real group that Troy had kind of participated in. And I basically stuck, like lurked around the group because I was like, they're, they're all my friends. I don't know, like what, where yeah. else am I gonna hang anyway? So <laughs> yep. So it was where, always kind of strange. Would you guys like, practice it? Oh, I wouldn't practice. Would I practice? wasn't in the band. I was <laughs> Where were, were they out at Zach's house? No, no, they practiced at Troy's house. In the garage, because well, because back then, back then the garage what didn't have a Camaro in it, right? It didn't have the cars. Yeah, yeah, it, and so so basically they would just like move the car, like the Jeep out or whatever, and uh, make space right. for them. Yeah, I bet I bet Kyle Corn, their neighbor, his neighbor growing up, uh, probably hated the sound of that brand new song after a while. <laughs> oh, I can't. I the second he said that shit when he was like, "Oh, we covered the quiet things that no one ever." I was like, "Oh, that was that." And then he continued, yeah. "I just can't." <laughs> Who did you play that? Were you the singer? No, no. Again, okay. Again, okay. again. I was not. I I was not in the band at this point. You're not in the band. I was never. I was never invited back into the band either. <laughs> so basically, I think. <laughs> I think my personal experience was that. While they were doing Yesterday Never Came, I split off and basically just desperately tried to get a music project started. So sure. eventually I started trying to rope in these two random characters, Ty Snyder and Joe Dean, who were friends of mine in junior high. And that didn't work out because none of us had anything going for us. And <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, oh, actually, no, I think this was like sophomore year. Uh, I started hanging. I started hanging in a punk band with 
uh, Dustin Osborne and not all there. Uh, not, 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 no, it was called Indecent no, Exposure. No, better off naked. Indecent Exposure, yeah, 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 yeah. It was but Trevor. Trevor Larkin. Trevor Larkin. God damn, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't remember his last name, but Trevor Larkin was I such will never a forget solid fucking dude. Like, like, no, no <laughs> we'll joke. never no forget joke. it. Like, we hung out really tight for a little bit, and then, like, and then, like, you know, high school groups kind of drifting. Yeah. But no matter what, it was like, it was like, I don't know. He was just, you could bump into him. You could, uh, you know, and he was always just like, he was a solid dude. He was never like hating on you unless you, you know, shit on him, basically. <laughs> oh, no. He hated on me so hard one time. That's why I'll never forget it. I don't think Does he ever he, liked me. Did you cross him in some way? <laughs> did you cross <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, uh, I met him because of a girl that you and I, probably somebody you haven't thought of in a long time, Amanda Nivens. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So, oh. I was I was in eighth grade, y'all were in ninth grade, and I'm standing around talking to Amanda, and Trevor comes up and puts his arm around her because they're good friends. And I'm wearing, because I'm eighth grade me, I'm wearing a Newsboys t-shirt, oh. and it has a picture of <laughs> I'm having a it, it has a picture of Captain Crunch on the front of it, and on the back it says they don't serve breakfast in hell. And he <laughs> looks at me. Sorry, that shirt's yeah, sick. no, that shirt's awful. He points at the Captain Crunch and then flips it off and says, fuck you, that's gay. <laughs> I will never, I will never forget. Those are the first words he ever said to me. Well, maybe we were just a little cooler. Maybe we were just a little cooler with each other, but yeah. That, yeah, no, you were cooler than me, that's for sure. I was not cool at the time. You were well more adverse in socialization with people not at church. Maybe, maybe. I, I I was pretty I was, like tied to the like the the friend group. I, I I wasn't really good at branching out. You eventually got really good about like kind of being connective with people. I don't know. You were able to like I had to. Well, I think I I I, don't, I mean I put you and David in like very similar like personality categories because you guys are both just able to just to like just like fluidly kind of like jive with so many different people. And I think it's like a really strong character trait that other people learn from and I, I just you know yeah well maybe not at this time in you know in junior high were you there not at my, no I had met fits yet yeah. <laughs> fucking I that. yeah I mean that was that happened because of Zach and then immediately because of Fitz so like I met Zach through my girlfriend at the time because they had math class together blah 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 in high school and I was in my friend zone at that point I was with Patrick Patrick and Sam Cooey those my boys oh, and um I know, right? Uh, he's starting a family now. That's fucking crazy. And so I fucking, I had Pat and Sam and my girlfriend. My girlfriend introduced me to Zach. And then like a couple days later, Fitz with you behind him, I think, comes running down the hallway. Hey, you're Rainey's little brother. And then found out we're cousins and yeah, we started dude. hanging out real tough. What? Oh, forgive me if I cannot remember her name. What was, what, do you remember, uh... Fitz had a grandma. Holly. Was it was it your grandma also? Oh, By Grandma Ruffle. Was, no, was that was that, grandma, was that? Okay. Grandma it, Ruffle's down 19th Street, around the bend. It's like the third house on the right. Her house was dope as yeah, shit. Shout out to Grandma Ruffle. She was fucking cool, man. She Fitz took me there a handful of times, and like she was just so fucking nice. Like what a wonderful. Friend. Yeah. Anyway, but so you, but you guys, lady. you guys were you guys were related how again? So my half sister. <laughs> is cousins 
with him and his sister. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we are half cousins. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I think that's how that works. Legal, yeah. I think legally, you I mean, you get married. I think legally we could. I mean, yeah. that's, it's probable. <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's a. You're removed. Yeah. Enough. There's some actual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a quarter of the same blood, half of the same. I don't know how that shit works. <laughs> but like, what? I I have no idea. I actually, you know what? What? So his, my sister has my, my, my half sister, and I only share my dad's blood. David doesn't share any of this family's blood, except for with my sister, because I don't have any of that blood. So technically. Oh. We could totally not get pregnant if we had sex. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The science I is think there. That's how it works. <laughs> hey, I read it. I've read it online. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And, Yesterday did, never came. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I am. So. <laughs> so I was so upset when you guys cut it off. At, I don't even think you got the schmouter. I think you cut it off before schmouter. Yeah. Yeah. I well because. You, I know it's the time and blah blah blah. Well, it's not. It's not always. It's sort of that, but I have to. Like, I've been having to get better about juggling it all because I'm because we're doing so many more podcasts. Like, everybody is like wanting to do them, and like everybody's up, and I'm so fucking stoked yeah. about it. So that's a little. You're single-handedly. But... You're saving a friend group. <clears throat> you're taking the amoeba and you're pulling it back to the center after it's been spread out. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm doing that. I, I think. Yeah, you are. Yep, well, you are. I don't. If you don't want to take that blame, that's fine. But you if are. You want to take that blame? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I, 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 Troy, Troy really wanted to talk, talk. He wanted to do uh, one with like uh, Dusty in particular, so we could like all talk about some yep. better, some schmouter stuff. And I, I thought that was a really good idea because my my, yep. my brain doesn't always pull up the best stories these days, so it's nice sure. to have some refreshers. Sure. <laughs> uh, I bet if you tried hard enough, you could get Rex on that too. Well, so this is the, this is my, I, Dusty said that Rex, the only thing that Rex wants to do, and I, this is totally Rex and I love it and I want him to do it, is that he, he will only phone in, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, he can do that through Zoom, just don't video share. I, I just don't think he want, even wants to use Zoom, which I, I mean, like, <laughs> whatever. I, I was thinking though, I was like, I have another one of these mics. I could easily just maybe like, He's gonna make put me do it all janky, but just put it like right up to the phone and just like have him talk from my phone into it or something. <laughs> but I mean, he's not gonna be able to hear any of us, but yeah. That's what I mean. I was like, you're, where's the conversation? <laughs> if you put the mic up by the earpiece and yeah. you wrap headphones around the mouthpiece at the bottom, yeah, then maybe you can get it to work, but maybe. that depends on how much Rex wants to work for it. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to troubleshoot it, but I really want him to fucking get on one because Rex, like, it's that's kind of why I've been holding off on the, some of that schmatter stuff. Is because not only like I just I, I think it'd be really fun to try and you know get as many of us to, uh, talking about it as possible. So you well, know. you have everybody in the band but Rex, so the pressure's on him. Yeah, exactly, but Rex. So Rex, I doubt you're listening to this, but if you are, <laughs> we're coming for you, asshole. <laughs> we're coming. <laughs> We know where you live. <laughs> I keep threatening like the, the people that I want to to do podcasts with. Like the woman I did with Troy, I was like, we kept talking about Scott, and I was just like, that's it, fine, Scott, I'm coming for you, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, Fucking right. 
Yeah, it's gonna happen. Todd's another one I just put on the list too. You gotta get some. Oh, if you want, do you want his phone number? Oh, dude, that'd be great. You should text that to me. We should. The three of us should do one. That would be really fucking fun. Toddly, we can talk about our week at Toddly's house, or our two two weeks, our two weeks at Toddly's house. The big, the, the bender, the, yeah. It's like a, always, yeah. I mean, it's always a good time at the Sutherland's house. Like, <laughs> always. I mean, when but, you were talking, I think it was with Jameson, uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's like Todd's house, Jameson's house, yeah. always unsupervised. Let's yeah. go ape shit. Yeah, there, <laughs> there were spaces for us to just get away yeah. with shit. And what I, what I thought was so funny about JMO's was that it was right down the street from my house. <laughs> Literally, it's two blocks. You just yeah. walk down. It's on the opposite side of the street. Yeah, it's on the other side of the stop sign. <laughs> yep. Boom. There you are. Yeah, that was funny, man. And then then just two blocks down from there, west, you have Troy. Yeah, well, exactly. Four or five. But yeah, they're all right yeah, there. Yeah, he, he was right there, man. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, Schmatter... We'll say, uh, like, uh, I don't know. Like, Schmatter, I'll have to save. I'm, I'm going to save for, for another time. But what's, in terms of, like, okay. what, what you were doing, though. Like, think about when Yesterday Never Came was happening. So this was, like, for for us, it was, you would have been eighth grade. This was tail. This would be have been ninth grade, maybe, like, beginning, yeah. spilling over beginning of sophomore year, maybe. I was thinking that Save the Hero, everybody in that band were the coolest dudes ever. Uh, yeah, I was I was also then, on that train. <laughs> and then I met Brian Getz, James Dorsey, Chris, whatever the fuck. And then oh, I think yeah. David Kasnick, D- David K was their vocalist, I, I think. I think David K was and, uh, for a, Yeah, he was David, a vocalist, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, David K, it was it was Chris was it? Chris fucking Burge. That was Burge. Chris Burge yeah, was Burge. like the one that like, he he dropped out pretty quick. Yes, he was like the auxiliary guitar player. And I think it, then it was David playing guitar, James on bass, and yeah. Brian obviously yeah. behind the kit. But yeah, yeah they I were, think I only ever saw him with Chris maybe once or twice. They I they would play at school. And they would play during like they all had band together, fourth period or some bullshit like that. Yeah. So they would like they could just ace all their music shit because they could just play a song that they wrote over the weekend. Like fuck yeah. that. Well, so so cool. When they, when that band Save the Hero, I think first started, it was because they were active actually for a little, a good while because they were actually like like going, going over the passes and playing shows and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But they, the reason yeah, you're right, like they all kind of had like a band period together except for David who went to Wenatchee. Uh, right. But. That there was it was in Mr. Smith's band class in the old junior high building. That's probably when I first saw them play because they they sure. would, that was the, he would make us if, if for band we had to do like a every quarter we had to do like a music project where you know some sort of auxiliary that we think we parts we at, you know did with music besides our shit right. music that we're learning. Uh, theirs was always well uh, our band's here you know playing or making music you know whatever and it's cool because save the hero played at the school that day uh yeah at that time my music projects were far lamer for that club not lamer necessarily don't i take that back they were uh innovative and different (laughs) they were (laughs) 
My, the only quote unquote musical project that I was a part of before I got pulled into Etheria, which is well after Yesterday Never Came, um, was a band that never existed, uh, that me and Patrick were in. And Patrick was the bass player, I was a guitar player, and we were called the Flaming Waldo. The Flaming, I, I've heard, I've heard about the Flaming Waldos before. You, yeah. Of course I have, but that's, I forgot about that, dude, that, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was the, it was, it was the theory of, uh, of a band, basically. It was, it was like, you guys yeah. had. We had it all, we knew what we were gonna sound like, we knew what our album cover was gonna be, and we didn't have a drummer. Uh, or a way to classic. record or fucking amps i mean we had <laughs> i guess we had an amp but um, yeah we never we wanted to be like a ska punk band i'm pretty sure was like our goal was, I, but like i don't that, i don't know any sense. trumpet players <laughs> <laughs> so Dude, we wanted to be a ska punk band i th- i think uh, ethan my my you know my little brother he still plays his trumpet to this day which I think is really, yeah. really, really cool of him because I stopped playing trumpet and I severely. Didn't like you play it. French horn? No, I played trumpet. I, uh, oh, for some reason I thought you played French horn. No, I wasn't cool enough to play French horn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I played trumpet and I, I, I just, I put it down really quickly into high school and yeah, definitely regret that. But I kind of still think it'd be really, it'd be really fun to try and record some, just because I know he plays the trumpet try to do like some sort of like ska-esque song eventually just capture like a sample of something something from him <laughs> yeah, i i guarantee you you could pull off an acoustic ska song with just one guitar one <laughs> trumpet you could start out easy like covering a uh sublime song probably super easy like what they have a song called like bad fish so i hate sublime but they I, i've heard every song they've ever made because, yeah, yeah they've I mean, got yeah, they've been everywhere yeah they have a song called bad fish that i guarantee you you could do with just a guitar even if you if you don't know how to play guitar i bet you can learn where to put your fingers and play it it's so simple Oh, so I, I did finally get around to buying myself an, uh, cheap acoustic guitar. Fuck yeah! Yeah, sorry, I kind of started the, start, started dicking around with it. My hands get really t- like tired though. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. no, I suggest when people, uh, I'm giving guitar lessons like two or three times, not time, uh, nice. two or three different people, and uh, probably like twelve or fifteen lessons overall, and like. Uh, the one thing I tell people, if, if you don't know how to do chords and you don't know how to, uh, well, yeah, if you don't know chords or how to fret properly, just yeah. practice pressing down on the strings for like 10 minutes a day. Just press down on the string with each finger and do it in rotations for 10 minutes a day. Even if you're not going up and down, uh, I mean, if you're not going, if you're not even changing strings, that's fine. Just on the same string, one, two, yeah. three, four, one, two, three, four. And if you just do that for 10 minutes a day, you'll get, you'll build calluses and you'll build muscle memory. And when you start to learn chords and riffs, it'll be a lot easier because you won't be starting at ground zero. You'll be starting with a, a little bit of muscle control and, and calluses, which is what you really need. Yeah. Or you can get those, like a stress ball, just squeeze it. Just start squeezing. Now, that's a good tip, man, because that, that's been, uh, you know, I've been like very, uh, obviously very like, 
cursory in what I can do uh, play at the moment. But it's that's the the biggest thing is is learning the pressure like for some reason keeping like the right pressure on the strings and not like you know too much or too little and then yeah the dexterity of it all man like stretching your hand around the fretboard is is nuts and then, yeah. then i think that i think about like people that do like seven strings and stuff and i'm just like god i don't do i can't i couldn't do that i can't <laughs> it's a it's a fucking that, jump just jumping to an extra string but like holy cow you know <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a lot of fun you fuck with it <laughs> Hard, not even a little bit. Hard. I never want to play a six string ever again. I only want to play seven. I have a seven acoustic. I've got a seven electric, and I don't need anything else. Nice. Fair enough. Yes, I love them to death. Uh, so trying Theria. to think of what else. Yeah, yeah. So Theria was so that was that was the first prize. Yeah, it was. That was 2006, and so it happened. Uh, my girlfriend told Zach that I could scrape, which I couldn't, but I thought I could. And then uh, I showed up for band practice and I showed them what I thought was a scream and they all looked around and was like, what? Like that's, no, that's not a scream. So Andy Card was gave me the only tip that I needed. He's like, you know how a girl screams? Like, you know how when you scream like a girl, just try to scream like a girl, but then push really hard and try to bring the pitch down. So I sat in my room for a week and screamed like a girl until I got until I got something. And then after that, I mean, I know I annoyed the shit out of my parents just for a good eight months. I would sit up in my room and blast the same 10 songs from different bands off a mix CD that I made. Yeah. And I would have, I'd have a mic plugged into my guitar amplifier turned all the way up. And I would just practice screaming into a mic for three, four hours a night. <clears throat> I didn't play Game Boy, didn't do internet, nothing, just fucking Wah! And um, that eventually got me into Theria. And then they didn't want me anymore. And there was another band called Dead End Romeo. So who else was they in Theria? At the time? Theria, okay. So you mentioned great. Andy Card. Yeah, yeah. So this is great because um, they went through some lineup changes while I was there. It started out as Sam Malich on drum. Okay, Sam, yeah. Peter Piscasio on bass. Whoa, wild, wild. Yeah, there's a name. There's a name. Uh, Emmett Brooks on guitar, Zach Rogers on guitar, and starting to sing. He's trying to convince the band that he can sing and he needs to start singing. Yeah. So he's trying to write. He's trying to write good guitar parts that they would be okay with him singing over. It took a minute. And then Andy Card, yeah. So that was the five okay. people. We played maybe two shows with me as a vocalist, maybe three, where me and Andy Card would split vocal duties. But uh, yeah, he then it came. Did Andy scream as well? That's all he did was scream. He still, I don't know Dude, if he still to this I, day can do it. I have, <clears throat> I have their demos. I can send them to you. He has a fierce scream but it is it is very monotone it doesn't go up or down or anything yeah. it just kind of stays the same <clears throat> and so uh, and we were never good at writing lyrics we were the band that was like on the way to the gig in Yakima and me and Andy are in the backseat of the truck trying to figure out the lyrics that we're going to scream to the songs that they've already recorded and put on MySpace but Andy never wrote lyrics he just screamed words or tones never wrote lyrics he even in one of the songs screams the band's <laughs> name 
He screams, Deria. It's like saying the name of the movie that. in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Blood in your face. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> he fucking... Yeah, I know. That's, he, that's so funny. Yeah, we were we were champs at writing, and then when we got to the stage, neither of us remember the lyrics that we wrote 15 oh, yeah. minutes prior to getting on stage. So it just diverted to tones and us looking at each other for the other one to take over vocal duties. Yeah. That's so, funny, and I was in, I was in my Josh Stoggin performance phase real hard during that time, and so I would regularly put the mic in my mouth or yeah. put it on the ground and get on all fours and scream into it that way. Or like, I would be in the crowd more than I was on stage. Like I, I wasn't the ideal uh, vocalist for a band. Fair enough, I, I guess. But the, the, that, I mean, that's part of the thing about being a vocalist in certain types of music where it's, it's, it's a show and like, yeah. you know, you can get away with maybe like doing a live performance where like sure your scream sounds a little more guttural than it does on the fucking tape but like you know if like the performance was fucking killer you know like, yeah, and that's you what that you want you move, want like. yeah and our performances were so bad that we had we were at the natchez range in natchez washington which is a suburb of yakima <laughs> Yakima has suburbs. <laughs> and so uh we I don't remember who we were playing with. I I don't know any of that. I don't remember any of that. The only thing I remember is we were playing and two dudes in the crowd got into a fight. And we're in Hicksville bullshit USA. And so they naturally all file outside and start beating each other up kind of not really good but just like oh i'm just i'm angry i'm a hick you're angry you're a hick let's come go at me. <laughs> come at me and uh so as the band's playing the whole room empties gone no one in the room it's exactly and we're want. still we're in the middle of a fucking song so i'm shirtless at this point because i'm dying and out of breath because i just smoked a pack of camel wise on the drive over and I fucking, I run off stage and I run outside and I see the crowd of people all standing around these two dudes that are sort of beating up each other. And I just scream at everybody, hey, we're playing a fucking show. Do you guys want to see music or do you want to watch two <laughs> dickheads try to beat the shit out of each other? And they all stayed outside. Every single one of them. <laughs> Those fuckers. I don't, for the rest of the gig, I'm pretty sure we played to an empty room. The cops might have been called. I don't remember. The Hicks, man. The goddamn the Hicks. That reminds me yeah. of um, the the time Schmouter played at Studio 7. But it was sort of in reverse. Uh, and it doesn't involve somebody getting beaten up. So it's very lightly like your story. <laughs> just to like, basically like we, you know, we trek across the, pa- the pass and uh, go to we get to Studio Seven. This was this was when Studio Seven. Well, I mean, I'm sure they still do it. And, uh, we're not the only band that have done it, but you know, they make you like sell tickets to get on the show or whatever. And we didn't really catch that. That yep. was like the whole thing at the time, you know. And uh, they've been uh, they've been accused by a lot of bands for being fucked over by that. They've yeah. been blackballed by a lot of people because of the way that they do business. But yeah, anyway, 
yeah and so like the so you know it was like that so basically like we sold you know a handful of tickets to like some friends that weren't going to come anyway because they you know it's, a, it's in seattle and right you no know, bought the rest up or whatever i guess but either way we were on the bill uh but they put us like first on because you know we're from Wenatchee, Washington. Nobody knows who the fuck we are. And yep. And though, and I agree, Dusty mentioned on this podcast, but uh, the sound system was thunderous, and I love that about like playing on on that stage. Crazy. When uh, you hear your kick drum or your guitar, your guitar God, through a, through the PA, yeah, it's good yeah, feeling. It feels fucking awesome. But they basically like started our clock, like our set time like right shortly after us like setting up and then before they even started letting people in so there's like a queue forming outside the fucking building right of like, you're supposed to be playing yeah and maybe there's like maybe like you know a handful of people out there waiting for the other bands to, to, to show up but they're all waiting to get inside either way and it was just like right. we're just, but and we were just like, well, are you guys gonna let people in? You know, whatever. And then there's like, no, just start the set. And like, so we basically played most of our set to like an empty room. And then near the end of it, they started letting people trickle in. And it was just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, like you just dragged us across no, I, the fucking passes to like play to your fucking room. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I get we're in high school. I, fuck you, you dickwad. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a pee break real fast? For sure. For sure. I'll be right back. It's a good idea. I'm going to get it. back at pretty much the exact same time that was weird fucking jinx <laughs> you owe me a coke <laughs> so after yet the yakima show is yeah. basically when i believe syria kicked me out i think they kicked me out right after that and it was a really nice kicking out like i still came to band practice <laughs> and shit. still That's hung how- out with the boys to be honest, that's how I felt about like what happened with yesterday. It never came. Like I was never like upset about it or anything. I like to me at the time. Like I remember, like I just really wanted to do something 
like musically because I had not had a chance to and like my parents right particularly my dad was not big on loud noises so <laughs> <you know? laughs> even though you played a fucking trumpet yeah it was it was the most strange dynamic of like keep it quiet but you better not you better not do bad in band class <laughs> yeah oh dad uh, oh dads uh, either way uh, but yeah it was i was never like upset by them like like doing other stuff I was like clearly like I was like you guys are obviously better off without me you guys have people that play yeah. instruments you know you yeah because <laughs> at this time I wasn't even like the only thing I had instrument wise was uh current basic keyboard and trumpet sure so sure. you know I hadn't yeah. even touched the drum set a drum set yet and yeah uh but yeah so so you know whatever but what ha- what happened after uh theory what was the Weren't you in a so, dead and what? dead Romeo? Romeo. I was like, I was like, is it? I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. It was like, like I was like, it's it's something. It's I was bad. Like, for some reason, I wanted to say society, and I was like, no, it's not like that. It's like, but dead and Romeo. That's right. This story is one of my favorite slash most embarrassing stories I think I've got in my life. But I'm happy that it happened. So, uh. The story starts out so good. I'll try to tell it fast. I know we're getting into hours, but no, you're, uh, fine. you're fine. So, so I learned how to scream, right? And I can do it, and I, I'm proficient at it. So Andy Carr. So Theria has a gig, like on Friday night at the Grange, with a band called Dead and Romeo, and uh, I don't remember who was that headline, but Theria was the second build. So they were the middle band, and Dead and Romeo was the opener. So it was like on Friday or Saturday of that week, Andy Card doesn't do his homework and gets grounded. Oh, grounded so for the great show. <laughs> they need a vocalist for the show. And so they asked me and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. They didn't have a, I, I don't know if they had a bass player at the time because so at some point in the band, they kicked Sam Malachik out on drums and brought in Jesse Rogers, Zach's little brother, on drums. I wasn't there for it, but I do remember the story of Sam taking down his fucking gigantic drum set. He had one of the biggest kick drums I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It was custom, too. It was either Truth or Orange County drums. I think it was Orange I, County. I think cause... it was an Orange County set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that had nice, any... Then. Very fucking nice. And so uh, he packed that whole thing while crying within like 15 minutes into his little Miata. Oh, <laughs> do man, you remember I, that Miata? I do, I do. So as he, was, as he was flooring it out of Zach's driveway, his kick drum flies out of the back of his fucking Miata. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he has to pull over to fucking get it. <laughs> So, I wasn't there for that, but <laughs> I showed up. I showed up after that. After that, it happened. Sure, I can't remember. I think Emmett picked me up that day or something, and it happened. Or maybe Andy actually. Andy would pick me up a lot for fan practice. Okay. But uh, so, so, uh, so Sam Allen gets kicked out. They uh, they brought in. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's skip all that shit. So I filled in, filled in for Andy Card, and Dan and Romeo plays first. They're a screamo band genuine of the essence screamo band and uh their their guitar player screams sometimes he sings most of the time and uh 
and they we covered an uh, the agony scene, oh. which is this old shitty hardcore band. They're not shitty; they're pretty good. Uh, they have a song called "Scars of Your Disease," and I was uh, I remember on the microphone. It was my first show ever. I'm wearing like a, I'm wearing a beanie with pigtails, like you know those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, 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 those ones. I'm, it's like a white one with a pink stripe down the middle. They're just huge. got, and then, yeah. I had like at least five of those. Like, be- yeah, before kitty ear hats became a thing, those yeah. were the shit to have. And so I was up there just <laughs> into a. Anyway, so uh, the guitar player slash vocalist for Dead End Romeo knew who the agony scene was and really liked that song. So he's up in the front row screaming every fucking word. And, uh, so I'm, I'm in theory for a little bit. Dead End Romeo gets another singer named uh, Garrett Dart. And oh. Garrett Dart is, if you remember that guy, he was more of a uh, Dan Smith-esque vocalist. Fair enough. And for, for a screamo band, Choppy that's a words. pretty hard sell. Yeah, lots of poetry and poems. And though, uh, you see later think, how like some, like some that can be a key cherry incorporates his style really well later on in like, like in oh it's about David context you know what it's, I mean? it's all, all about context uh, for so sure if you're if i listen to like listener a, by the way the first two albums at least for maybe the first three uh, i can't i can't endorse their newest stuff because i haven't wooden heart well dan smith's doing like solo stuff right now he's like uh i think it's called here we grow yeah, and he's, he's like uh um, writing motivational workshops. speaking yeah writing workshops yeah. Such a beautiful man. Uh, also, side note, we have to take a selfie with the Chariot Stone piece and at the Chariot on Twitter or Instagram so they know that it exists. Um, Good point. Because I think, I think Stephen would really appreciate that, as stupid as that sounds. Um, anyway, so Dead End Romeo gets Garrett Dart. We play, they play a couple shows. I, I'm booking shows at this point at the Press Room Theater. Yeah. And um, they play a couple of them. The Whack Arnolds play a couple of them. So yeah, uh, I was gonna say that was that was the the, the Whack Arnolds incident. That was the show. That was the show. The show. The I night will always of the green remember name. that show. <laughs> the night of Scott Weiss saying the most dark insult I've ever heard another human being wish upon another person. Oh. Do you remember what he said? I mean, if I recall correctly, you guys are being interviewed. You guys are being interviewed by the fucking radio. The radio is interviewing your asses. The last the band in the valley that needs to be interviewed on the radio is the Whack Arnolds. I know. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's, that show is fucking legendary in my mind. So the some asshole pulls the plug on the stage and everything gets turned off immediately. And, the, and Rex is about to murder this guy. Yeah. David is about to murder this guy. And Scott Weiss is either drunk or, or just being... <laughs> It's very theatrical (laughs) individual, that one. Yeah. Do you remember remember the insult? I believe you told the man to fall down a deep, dark well. I hope you fall down a deep, dark well. I believe were his words. Yeah, it's like it seemingly comes off as harmless, but then it slowly <laughs> sinks in, and then much like you slowly falling down that deep dark well, you can no longer see the positive light at the end of that sentence. <laughs> it was no, it was hard, but that guy, dude, that guy, like literally got face to face 
with like Scott and other members of the and uh, and members of the whack. And it was like, it was like, what are you gonna slug a fucking kid in front of your kid yeah. here, dude? Like, get the exactly. fuck out of here. Go ahead, hit me, you fuck. Like, <laughs> that was back in the blissful <laughs> days of of I could still technically cop child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I I was like 17. I was helping my comedy slash horror troupe out with booking shows for the line outside the horror house. Like I thought I was just doing my best. And then, <laughs> Do you remember why you booked the Whack Arnold's on that? Sorry, I'm smoking weed. It's not COVID, it's friends. marijuana. That, was that <laughs> you guys up? are my Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the Whack Arnold's waiting for Daryl and Ghost Power. Holy fuck, that's right. I forgot that like whack the I forgot that we were sandwiched in between two legitimate acts. Like, Real bands. <laughs> like listen. To be to be the, fair. The whack girl is like a performance piece, okay? It's like, it's art. Okay? It's fucking, it's fucking moving art. liquid live art. Yep. <laughs> to, the, I, I, to the credit of Ghost Power, I have not seen them since. And this is in the days when Jasper and his brother were in the band. Jasper's another boy you should get on this podcast. I really want to uh, get, I haven't had caught up with Jasper in so long. I can get you his phone number two. He's just such a cool uh, individual, man. Always has. He's been. still so cool, man. He's still so fucking cool. Uh, so that was Ghost Power's best set I've ever seen. Yeah. They. It was one of the best local shows I've ever been to outside of Maybe seeing Sudfer, if you remember Super Ultra Dimensional oh. Sci-Fi Robot. Yeah, the dude used a vocoder, right? Yeah, that band was amazing. Um, <laughs> their vocalist, or one of, they had two vocalists. One of them went on to be the vocalist for Mothra. The other one owns uh, the radar station here in town, or at least did oh. until he lost his license. Talking about, um, what's his name? Evans. Elijah, Eli, some, some, no, no, yeah, I, Evans. I guess no, I, well, no, no there's, there's this dude in town. He's like so, at least associated with that radar station uh, club. He's I got guess, the mutton chop. Yeah, yeah uh, Ron Evans is, is, is his name. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Was he in Sudfer? He was in Sudfer. He was one of the singers and guitar players. Oh, whoa! I did not remember that. That's wild. Okay. That's how yeah. he got his. Like no, I mean, if you don't, you can watch the music video for that was Samba. His plug into the cool kid scene, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I believe the live video of it should still be up. If you type in Sudfer, S-U-D-D-F-R, uh, Samba, you should be able to pick, I think it's Samba. What's the, what's the sneaker Puma makes? Cause it's called that. Oh, yeah, 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 Samba, yeah. Yeah, yeah there Samba. you go. Yeah, I'll have to look, uh, um, cue it up, YouTube, yeah. you fucking bastard. Not that I can actually play it on here. Uh, like, like yeah. legitimately, oh, even e- even as small as Old Heart Radio is in terms of presence on YouTube, I put up a a, a podcast that was titled like QAnon or something like that. And I was like, so like doing an episode about like learning about it, and it got fucking deleted. I was like, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Those QAnon people are ruthless, man. I was like, what are they coming after this for? I was like, it, it's not well, even it's about fake news. Like, yeah, I was just, it was just so, it was just so bizarre. I was like, what the fuck, YouTube. <laughs> That's so funny. Dicks, dude. Uh, let's see. Super Where, ultra dimensional fight. Oh my god. Fight, fight, robot, go. Yep. I'm gonna see if it's on YouTube. Uh, it, it will be. There's no way it's gonna take it down. Uh, 
not finding it. I'm gonna it cry yet. if it happens. I'm not finding okay. it yet. I'll, God damn it. I will you. find it. I, I you have the YouTube channel. Well, I can do that right now. Oh no, wait, hold on. It switched me to showing it showed, it was like Did you mean suffer? <laughs> nope. No, I did not, sir. Oh I got summer. Did you mean summer? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I'll have to go to the guy's YouTube channel. Hold on. Either way, yeah, dude, I remember I saw I only had the chance to see Sud for once and that set blew my dick off. And that was like during the time like I, I was barely involved. I was like for the longest time only involved in like the music scene by association. Like I was yeah. friends with guys and yesterday never came. I knew, you know, uh <laughs> the guy the, the the you know all you guys in theory basically like so like you know if you were playing a show i was like i you know was, i could be there like you know i was friend i was like i was for a brief time obsessed with dfr like and i really wanted to try and like well yeah uh try and like do do something with them like i really wanted to try and like get them like try to book them shows or something like that and i i just it didn't end up working out with me either way they weren't really needing that uh but yeah it was just like for the longest time i was just associated with the music scene really uh and and then weirdly enough yeah. i think because i can't remember like really what like what i can't i need to ask david like what happened first whack arnold's or schmouter because i think it was whack arnold's technically no no because at that point i was in schmouter oh. playing, playing with dusty and rex so yeah, it, we, never mind. Because it was well, it was just you two, or you three, I guess, yeah, on the acoustic guitars at that point. Because, yeah, because we have a song. On I remember the seeing the first show at Cafe Mela. The, we have a song on the on the Tales from the Vines establishment called "Dinner Rolls and Three's Company Two, and it's basically this myth, <laughs> this mythological tale about how uh, we sort of formed this this weird group and then floated up, floated to the sky and lorded over everybody. You know, classic stuff. But <laughs> classic. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what, very, very Moliere. But either way, what, what were we talking about? Where were, where were we at with uh, you? Yeah, we're not talking to, about me. Dead okay, End Romeo. We dead so, end so, Romeo. So, so you're in Dead End Romeo. Who is? Who else is in Dead End Romeo? Okay. At this point? I will name a couple of the members because I don't remember all their names. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. So the guitar player that was super into the agony scene. His name is Tony Agigi. And Tony, Tony Agigi, uh, Sean Sanders. That's how I met Sean Sanders. Yeah, I knew that boy was in there. And this is also the first time that anyone in our friend group, and I'm claiming the first, had met Greg Shapovalov. Ooh, good call. You are he was not in the band. Right on that. He was he just was there. not in the band. He was Sean Sanders' roommate and an aspiring recording, like a like a engineer, somebody who records bands. Yeah. And so I walk into this duplex, and the whole living room is just a band setup with mics and everything, and oh. all of it is running back into Greg's room where he's got like a fucking iMac Pro, and he's got Pro Tools up or whatever the fuck he works with. And so um, I did like an audition. I did an audition and 
and fucking they liked it, I guess, for some reason. They didn't have anybody else to do it. The only thing is, everybody in the band was a good seven years older than I was. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's like... So, I'm 15, 16, 16, and everybody's 24, 25, and I'm... The new kid on the block. Like, I... (laughs) Yeah, I smoke pot in this band for the first time. I get blackout drunk for the first time in this band. Um, I started smoking weed for sure. So, like, long story short, I play a couple gigs with them, and I'm still doing the whole Josh Scoggin thing, and they fucking hate it. And I'm also <laughs> getting deliriously high. Because like, I'm playing 16. like around you, dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, basically, like we're a screamo band. We're not like a fucking hardcore scream your face off band. Just chill out a little bit. You keep that but microphone. And I'm, you keep that microphone in your hand. I don't want to see it whipping out in the fucking crowd anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's all I did was that stupid shit. So he, uh, he, the band decided. So we we always had band practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and. If we didn't have band practice, I would just go over to Tony's house and get stoned. At like, yeah, 16. So I would get super <laughs> duper high. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we played two shows for sure only with me as their singer. We recorded a whole six song that I still have that hopefully no one will ever hear. That's what I was going to ask. I, I remember that you had it for the longest time. You still have it though. Still do. Yeah. Still have it. You can put it on SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck no. Oh, I hope I'm taking that shit to the grave as All long right. as I can. No, I you, yo, you leave, you, you leave it to me in your will. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. I will 100% do that. Um, I'm going to be revealing way too much information, but that kind of completes the circle of the story. So. They, uh, I'm, I'm a little kid. If, if you I'm need nobody. a, if you need to use pseudonyms, you, you can, but I will try my hardest. Yeah. Okay. So, um, band practice every Tuesday, Thursday. We got a band, a band practice this Tuesday, and so I show up. There's a girl there. Uh, she's a redhead, and uh, she's apparently the guitar player, and the other guitar player are cousins. This is their other cousin. And her name is, I'm going to redact her, whatever. Her She's name girl. is, her name is, her name is, anyway. Her name is, oh, yeah. Okay, we got full it. circle. <laughs> we, so, uh, <laughs> so I, I showed up to band practice and I'm super fucking high already. And uh, I'm like little kid high when everything's super foreign and in 3D. I might as well be on mushrooms as an adult. And um, <laughs> I fucking, they sit me down in Sean's room and Tony very clearly and coherently says to me, it's not so much that you are your age, it's that you act your age. <laughs> and I'm high. I am, Tony got me, Tony got me so fucking high before band practice and I'm just I'm delirious so I'm just like yeah cool dude like whatever alright guys and none of them want to it's all good guys woo I'm having a party so nobody wants to give me a ride home oh fuckers they're having band practice oh girl wants to give me a ride home oh so their cousin takes me home 
<laughs> first time, this is the only time I've ever done something like this. Girl takes me home. It's summer. I don't have school. It's Tuesday. I'm staying up late. And uh, do you want to come inside and watch a movie? So we watch a movie and we fuck for like three hours. Bop, 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 bop. Bop, bop, bop. And uh, that turned into like an ongoing Relation. repetitive thing that lasted probably about a year until I ended up giving her an oh. STI. <clears throat> yeah. At which point she cut it off. Because I, I was a piece of shit. <laughs> well, uh, maybe so it was, that girl was, Maybe it wasn't all. Maybe it wasn't you. You know, maybe it just could have been like. I, maybe it could have been like a byproduct of you know. This, <laughs> oh, I know what a, it was. A situation or a. You know, I know how that, she got it. <laughs> I know specifically so, and intimately so how just, she contracted that STI. It just didn't. Uh, it didn't end well with the with the with the cousin of the cousin that I. Correct, cousin. but I, I felt like it was a, a good trade off at the time where it was like, oh, my band's gone, but I've got this sweet piece now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, life ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, fair and enough. it was the fair first time I, first time I'd ever had. Somebody who was always like uh, oh. in the mood. There, there's a there's a good pseudonym. Always in the mood. It's the first always time I'd ever experienced. <laughs> I'd never seen a libido as big as mine before. An, ap- so. an appetite. <laughs> yeah, so my energy went from being in a band to being in a pussy yeah. real quick. <laughs> well, you know, and then, uh, either way, you're using up your energy, which is, which is good for a growing individual. And I'm trying to think of what the next project was. Between Dead End Romeo? Yeah, I, mean, I think... I think it's Shoye and the Meaning of Life with Zach say, and Luke Atkinson. Uh, Luke Atkinson, though, I forgot that he was. I forgot that he was in there. Yeah, he was until uh, he went rogue. Like he went homeless and moved out of his dad's house and built rogue. like a a makeshift house in his truck, which was really bad. And um, he was in the band for uh, maybe one. We, we played it at Lincoln Park when the band shell was still up. Do oh. you remember that? Is the band shell no longer there? Did they finally take it down? That old No, day? no, it is not. Yeah. Yep. Every morning, Mexican moms from the poor neighborhood do yoga on that platform. Well, at least that's something like a good use of space. I mean, like, it's just such a weird... Great fucking use. You know, it's just weird that it's there and it's never used. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. It's literally it's built. A fris- <laughs> it's a frisbee golf course now. Ah, really? I mean, God, dude, yeah. It's a- I haven't driven down that way in so long. I feel like it. every time I every time I go to Wenatchee, it's literally like I just go hole up, say hi to the folks for like two days, where we just hyper condense on like the things that happened for the last six months because I don't visit yep. often enough, according to my mother. <laughs> and, yep. You know, so on and so forth. So I haven't really like fully seen like developments around town. You know what I mean? You won't be able to miss them next time you come to town. They've installed some roundabouts. They've put in some hotels. They've oh. taken out some businesses and put some new ones in. So what you're saying is they've classed it up, huh? With those roundabouts and those new hotels. I heard they got a, uh, uh, what was it? My mom got really excited about it. 
it's not it's where shopco used to be uh it's a burlington coke factory oh really that's yeah. <laughs> good god that's what your mom was excited about was a burlington coke factory i love my mother and i'll say it right here if anybody talks bad about her i'll fucking kill you but <laughs> not to be, you jeremiah it could be the <laughs> to the hot, to the hot, Jill. to the hot dogs. To the hot. <laughs> Jill is Jill's an angel. If you're gonna talk bad about Jill, you're talking bad about me. All right, motherfucker. Man. She was my nurse several times. I will come for <laughs> you. Yeah. But that's the right. that's the weird thing. Uh, she, it's like so many people know my mom. So many more people know my mom in the valley. Uh, and then by that's proxy, my grandma. Me, my, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. My my grandmother teaches at St. Paul's or yep. taught at St. Paul's for like 100 years. That was and that fucking was, every. <laughs> Did you have her as a preschool yeah, teacher? Yeah, I did. She was my preschool <laughs> teacher. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. My mom, your mom was my nurse. My grandma was your teacher. I say, there that's a village, homie. <laughs> there it is, man. There. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so funny, man. Like, oh my god, yeah, that's the that's the the, the constant like circling that we're all doing in that in this, you know small yep. towns, you know. But at the same time, though, like there's something very much to be said about the community that can potentially be built out of that that kind of, you know, smaller. I like I don't think how I said not not to get off on too much of a tangent. Big like big city living has obviously its fucking perks, but it there's like this immediate downside to it as soon as you get tired of the the hustle and bustle, which does happen. You know what I mean? At some point it happens. And that's why rich people in the big city take vacations to the small, you know? Yeah. Well, I I feel like when you're in a big city, the sense of community has such a low common denominator. And as long as the person you're interacting with doesn't spit in your mouth and call you a faggot, it was a successful interaction. Yeah. Whereas in small towns, they have a sense of like, this is my cousin's neighbor's son. Like I, I there's like a a, a more uh, willingness yeah. there's for it's almost like an ego thing. Fair enough, because you know, because you know, like them, or because you know somebody that knows them. Word about you is gonna get back to somebody you know. Yeah, yeah, and I have felt that that like, you know that that's that that was like one of the weird, at least for myself, that was one of the weird pressures growing up because yeah i could never like do the fun shit that all my friends were doing like out in the open i had to like constantly sneakily do it because either my parents would freak about it if they found out or like i was always constantly like ducking and covering in case like this car was like somebody that knew knew my mom you know or something like that yeah you know? and do you so remember like, smoking cigarettes yeah, dude. It was... well, yeah, let's let's go to Sherry's, eat some food afterwards, go outside to the parking lot, smoke a cigarette, and let's stare at every fucking car that pulls in to make sure it's not somebody that might possibly know us or our family. Yeah, exactly. Every car that drives by, I'm looking at the driver. Like that yeah. level of paranoia sets you up for a lifetime of anxiety. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I. I think it might. I think it might. <laughs> but you know. Uh, you know, it, either way, it's there's there's merits to both. But uh, so between show you in the meaning of life, Dead End Romeo, show you in the meaning of life. How long would, were you part of that project? Because I remember that kind of didn't he eventually do just do that like solo or whatever? Also, Zach. Yeah, so no, he did. So it was started. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, Luke, and Zach though. When and, and Jesse. Luke, and Jesse. Okay, so Luke eventually. Yeah. 
is dipped dropped out. from the band or dips out? Um, I believe he, if I, I mean, I'm not remembering this correctly. I don't know. Some party departs. Either he was. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we asked him to leave. We would. We like our. We liked our friends a lot, and I don't think we would ever ask him to leave. I think he just his circumstances wouldn't allow it, or maybe he did something that Zach Zach may have deemed un. Band worthy. I, I think he's like <laughs> unband worthy. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about his slept with an under. I'm not gonna. I, I can't go. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna incriminate so, a guy. Zach. So, so yeah. So Luke. Luke's out of the picture, and so it becomes it right. becomes just well, a three piece. Well, what happened was Zach had recorded the solo album with Greg Shapovalov. He met Greg after I introduced him at Dead End Romeo practice. Because you were the first one to meet Greg. Yeah. Correct. Party. So I introduced Zach to him, and Zach. <laughs> saw the potential that Greg had his recording studio so Zach wants to record so he got the solo record but after he recorded the solo record he realizes he needs people to play the shows so he recruited Zach, uh, uh, Luke and I to do the things that he needed to be done Luke dips out and we get Emmett Brooks Emmett Brooks being the former guitar player of Theria and um, we played one festival and I don't think we played any shows after that or before that, I think we only played one festival. It's uh, the West Coast's largest alternative Christian music festival, and it's called Tom Fest, and it's held in Camas, Washington. Oh, yeah. And I was stoked because when I was a kid, there was a Christian punk band called Squad Five O, and they had a music video that was filmed at Tom Fest. And I saw that on like Sky TV or some bullshit Christian propaganda network and just thought this was the coolest fucking thing that like, oh, I, I got to go play this thing. So we yeah, play our fucking festival set. Yeah. MXPX is played here. MXPX is playing here in two nights. Like I made it. Here I am the big time. And uh, we get off stage after playing our set to like 30 people <laughs> at like 930 in the morning. Which is not when you want to play a festival. <laughs> We camped out the night prior, so we had all slept on the fucking wet ground, and we're all tired. We played a decent show. We're unloading our gear off the stage, or loading our gear off of the stage. And Emmett Brooks, and I will not let him live this down, screams at the top of his lungs, and I won't scream it because of mics, but he screams, I suck a mean dick. <laughs> loud. I mean, fucking. Everybody heard it. At this alternative so we just get Christian done. music festival. We led the crowd in prayer. <laughs> and we get off stage, and Emma Brooks immediately just like destroys everything. Yeah, that doesn't credit, seem like credit to Emmett. That does not seem like it's a scene, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, not at all. He fucked off like 20 minutes later and found some dudes in the woods to smoke pot with. <laughs> at, a, at a Christian festival, Emmett Brooks finds the only two dudes with weed and that smokes man, it with them. That man is a is fucking a, goddamn champion, dude. <laughs> he's a fucking legend. I love that guy. Yeah, I would em, never... Emmett's a hell of a I love guy. Emmett so much. He really is so over-the-top human. I fucking love him. Yeah. So we uh, we do show yay. We play that fucking gig. We're done. We're not playing anymore after that. There's We're no not way. Playing. This, <laughs> you, you never dried off after that. <laughs> no. And so Jesse so. like Jesse quits. Jesse quits because it's like bullshit. Emmett 
I think goes to I don't remember if he had gone to college at this point or not. I think it was right before college. Anyway, so Zach and I ended up doing our own thing. We did uh, the minuet. Yes, sir. And I think that's probably the most memorable in our friend group of bands because we could actually play with you guys. <laughs> like, we we played multiple shows with Schmouter. Which, by the played way, multiple like, shows with Forgotten Manners. Kudos still to, like, being able to, like, we were always kind of like a hard band to play with, I'll say that. Not that we were like we played so many shows. Yeah, but we we definitely did. Like we we ended up pairing up quite quite a quite a few times. That's fucking cool. You guys so, are like we we are both shows. Like even though we're completely different music, we are still both something to watch. Yeah. You know, like if television isn't doing it, you can come see people actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. And we we made a point. Your band fucking crushed Nick Flannery. Fucking crush. He was a vocals crush. Rex on drums. Fucking like every Dude. part of that band crushed. And watching you guys play so many times, I just felt like every open mic night, every Dude. actual show that we played together, like you guys were next level. Fucking ridiculous. Well, we were, and we were all fun. Yeah. We all partied. Like we, uh, the estate had already popped off at this time, which oh, we have to God, do a yeah. full comprehensive dive into the history of the estate that's dude, starting honestly, with Luke Gillespie and well, Josh yeah well I need to do not to cut you off there but I guess like I yeah I, oh. I wanted I've wanted I've started trying to formulate what the estate podcasts would look like and I have to reach out to Luke Gillespie and get him on a podcast first so you know and, and then then we can figure out from there what kind of group needs to go but it it, it all starts with Luke you know what I mean I witnessed the birth of the estate in Troy Vines' backyard. We were sitting around a fire. Luke and Josh were around that fire. And Luke approached Josh about a place that he knows. It's the place that his family had previously rented. Yes, sir. And that they they need tenants. And that Clement Mickelson Mm -hmm. is also on board with moving into this establishment. And that night, Josh said, that sounds great. And in my mind, not at the time, that was I wasn't like, yeah, at the time I didn't see any of that clearly. Yeah. But like now when I look back on it, I'm like, holy shit. That was the I moment. saw that. Like, yeah, I was like, fucking over the moon. That moment in Predator when fucking Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, lock arms. That's like Mantar and Luke Gillespie starting the estate. Oh, and, and not to discredit Clement, power Clement, Clement was Clement was well the presence in his in his very own way. And, and Clement was the wild card. As much as Luke Gillespie wants to attain that, you could consistently count Clement Gillespie this. to be wacky and crazy. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Clement was was the Mac of that situation. You know what I mean? He fucked so much pussy. <laughs> there, became, there, became, there became this like this ongoing thing where it was like banging like you. Like it just anytime it would happen for a while, like somebody would go bang on Clement's wall until it just became like like a fucking buzz, like you know, buzzkill. It's just like you're, 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 you're <laughs> like they had this, like they had all sorts of like, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it really it really starts with with Luke. So I gotta get that motherfucker on one of these, uh, and then yeah. we gotta start uh, plotting deep- that up because there's endless amounts of stories for that. Oh, that's a gold mine of shit. That is a fucking lot, golden mine. Lots of pseudonyms might be used. 
<laughs> yeah, I should hope so. Now, the piano girl story. God, just playing the piano. Not a whole lot of pseudonyms in that. We tried. Caleb McGrady. There were some attempts. Caleb didn't try for shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Robert, we tried. Okay. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Dude, that real, poor girl. Uh, okay, yeah. so the estate's popping off. We're all partying together. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what kind of music we're playing. We just want to play shows with our friends. Oh, it's pretty much as oh, simple as that at this oh. point. I forgot. You and Troy were talking about Quincy. And yes, sir. there has to be a conversation about the Quincy show. There's no way when we're talking with Troy that we cannot reference the Quincy show. Because that has to, that Rex and Corpse paint, you with Let's Party on your chest. Dude, it that was, has to be a thing. It was, it was uh, a, a fucking riot. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that was well, a riot. A story. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We got to talk about it. With yeah, story, but it was time. It was one of those situations where it was like, as soon as you get there, you either like, like you either just like, all right, let's just get this over with, or you're just like, all right, let's light this fucking thing on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> light this firework. Let's go. That's what it was. Yeah. Once you guys, you open with the, okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the state's kicking off. Yeah. Um, and so we're partying there a lot. We're also, so we want to play shows with you guys, but somehow we make friends with Forgotten Manners. I don't know how Zach and well, Travis met. They became friends. Yeah. I mean, what Forgotten you? Manners, dude, like, I don't remember how they became friends necessarily, but I just, I mean, Forgotten Manners was like the main cashmere band at the time, probably. Like, definitely Mothra. I mean, well, Mothra, I, but I, Mothra didn't always play shows. Like, that was the thing. Forgotten no. Manners is always like throwing themselves on sets, like, as, as much as the I feel like it felt like. We had a rivalry with Mothra later on down the road. Maybe it was just in my own think, head. Are you talking about with, with the Waldos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in my mind, wanted to make sure that we outdid them every single time we played with them. Fair enough. Well, because. Be, we did not to discredit. We did not to discredit Mothra. Mothra has their has they're has amazing. Their, has their sound. They're fucking. They're awesome and whatever. But you know, it's yeah. It was it was more of like this like I don't know. It was showmanship a little bit. It, it was like there's no fucking way like they can upstage what we're like you know what you, what we got. Like, I I still listen their uh, the video that I sent you. They're recording while we were. <laughs> filming yeah. this um yeah no i still listen to their recordings and that guy the video that i sent you of Sudfer on your phone uh gotcha. that that youtube channel has uh mothra songs on it and um if you haven't listened to nerves to heal which was like their big that was what they played on myspace all the fucking time yeah um it's really good they're so they're such a good band that I understand. I mean, maybe I don't understand why they didn't go anywhere. Maybe I'm just yeah. so egocentric that it's like, oh yeah, that didn't work. I get that. But like, I, I feel like they were just biting a little bit too much off of other people. A little bit of Fall of Troy, a little Fair bit enough. of other stuff, and um, they kind of didn't go anywhere because of that. It does not make them a not talented band. They are fucking. Yeah. Kyle Folden is fucking incredible on guitar. He's in a band called the, the Human Element with Travis. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're they're making right. waves right now. People yeah. are people are enjoying that band. Connor McKay's in that band, who I love to death. Um, I'm not I'm unfamiliar with the drummer. Anyway, so 
Forgotten Manners gets hooked up and uh, the minuet, just as a two-piece, we bring on Emmett Brooks from fucking Syria and yeah. from Show and the Meaning of Life again because we love this boy and he's an amazing guitar player and it yeah. happened to work out that he wanted to do shit with us still so um, the, after he joined the band as the minuet on, on MySpace we used to get emails from people I'm not going to say fans because that's stupid but people saying you spelled the minute wrong <laughs> yeah, the dude, minuet, I remember, I remember. so as a band with just me and Zach, their parents owned a fruit stand out on Highway 2 called First Fruits, and it's not close to Chelan, but it's closer to Chelan than Wenatchee is. I'm just gonna say There's this. A rep- they, they had some of the, not, not to throw you off, they had some of the, the best- shakes and sandwiches, go shakes ahead. Shakes and sandwiches that, like, in the yeah. fucking valley. Like, you could go down there. Oh, no, you're right. Like, it was cool, you're it was right. nice scene, you know, it was quiet, like, there's like, you know, the fruit and everything. It was just, it was a dope, it was a dope spot, actually. But anyway, yeah. The apple so, pie milkshake, man. Oh fuck. my god. Wanna Holy fuck around? Shit. Fuck around with the apple pie milkshake, man. <laughs> fucked me up multiple times. Legit. Uh, me and Zach, me and Zach would work there during the summers, and we were legit eating lunch. And a reputable bass player from the band known as Guns N' Roses, his name is Duff McKagan, yeah. comes in. Well, he lived around. He, he lived somewhere around there, right? Yeah, he did. He lived in between Chelan and Wenatchee, and he would come to First Fruits for the fucking milkshakes. And wow. and and because he, we suspect, had a crush on Zach's mom, Karen, who they were on a first-name basis with each other. They uh, He walked in and was like, hey, Karen. And she was like, hi, Duff. And, like, they had previous engagement. Like, they had, they know each other. Oh. And, and so, uh, he, uh, his mom Scott. is like, oh my God, my son's here. He's in a band, blah, blah, blah. You should like, whatever. And like tries to mercilessly peddle her son's bullshit. <laughs> and so he's like, hi boys. And he shakes our hands and he's like, uh, so what's hi, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly as you would picture Duff McKagan to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Just like that. Just like, yeah. So you shake hands with he, him. Uh, yeah, we shake hands with him and he goes, so what's your band called? And we said the minuet. And he looks up into the sky, like ponders for a second, and then he legit does like a <laughs> like a Willem Dafoe from Boondock Saints, like, oh, the minuet. And like puts his <laughs> arms out and we're like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, keep going for it, boys. And we're like, thank you, Mr. McKagan. <laughs> and we fucking went back to sorting apples. Yep. Oh god. After that. Thanks for the advice, Duff. Duff. Thanks, Duff. I I appreciate I appreciate you, Mr. McKagan. Duff, I know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Someday I hope I hope I can shake your hand and get that validation. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm. He looked like a leather oh, wow. handbag from the oh, 70s. God. It's just his his skin was so creased. Dude, I bet I've seen Guns N' Roses, by the way. Oh no, shit! You know, shit. It, it, it was a very. Uh, was it the Axl Rose Guns N' Roses or was it the Slash Guns N' Roses? Slash, Slash and Axl. It was when they played in Seattle and like something like five years Whoa. ago or whatever. 
Uh, oh, so, I didn't know that they did reunion shows like that. So, uh, at the time, I was working for. Uh, I don't want to use the name. Well, whatever. Fuck him. I, I was I was working for Joel at Hearts. Uh, Got it. Yeah, Mesa at the time, right? Love you, Joel. <laughs> I'm lying. I don't. Anyway, Love you. Uh, but basically, like at that point, I was like, dude, I was in the throes of, you know. What alcohol yeah, I does to me, uh, but I was um, he, he had we were working dinner shifts and he wanted we were doing these like fine elegant dinner shifts that I was totally uh, unskilled enough to do I suppose, and he randomly had bought he bought two gun tickets to this Guns N' Roses show that was happening at the what's what's the football what's the what's the football uh, stadium in Seattle. Stadium called, uh, I think Century, it's T-Mobile Field. T-Mobile, T-Mobile, whatever it is now. So it, it, was, it was Century Field, and then before that it was Safeco. Either way, this is the only time that I've been there. <laughs> and, and so he bought tickets to that show. He bought two of them thinking that he was going to find some fucking like, chick to take with him. And he I had thought he had that little Mexican piece that cooked the heart's mess up. No, 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 no. So, so this was... Like, that bitch be crazy. This was post that, and it was while he was in the wild. We'll say he bought. A yeah, leather, no, the he bought a leather jacket. He bought, yeah, the darkest part of that whole the stuff. I, uh, I remember but, during that time. But he he bought a leather jacket just for this occasion. <laughs> I'll say that. And anyway, so he, so and also let's just say that you know. His intent was to take some sort of like smoking hot chick to this Guns N' Roses show, and he ended up taking of taking me. So <laughs> <laughs> smoking hot baby boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was basically just like a. For the most part, it was just a like a like a pretty fucking blackout drunk night. I have snippets of it in my mind, but. Get uh, it. it was the first ferry night. Ferry, the first time I rode on a ferry, as well as the first and only time I saw Guns N' Roses. And it was, fuck yeah, it was exactly as you'd expect a Guns N' Roses show in the 2000s to be. It was just like <laughs> uh, old fat guys on stage playing things that were cool 40 years ago. I mean, like, you know, yeah, pretty much. But like, it was cool. That's harsh. It, That's it harsh. was cool. It was cool to see Slash play for. And, and Axel, I, I got I got respect Axel Rose's fucking pipes, even to this day. Like he still can sing like a motherfucker. And yeah. I, I mean, like I'm not defending Guns N' Roses. I don't really like their whole setup as a whole. But like you know, individual pieces have some really fucking good talent. I mean, like like if you think about Axel Rose's vocal range, you can compare it to like Mariah Carey. You know what I mean? Sure, 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 sure. Like um, uh, I but, will send you the song of Axl Rose where he drops a hard R oh. uh, and then you can update your opinion if you so wish fair enough um, there, was, there was a song that he drops a really hard R yeah. it's so hard all uh, the blank R's and queers is what he says yeah I mean, I'm not. To be fair, I, I'm not saying that I like gun, like like Axl Rose as a person. I'm just saying, uh, sort of like much like uh, the R. Kelly question. It's like, do you, you know, how do you sure. separate? The, how do you separate the, the the actual like 
how do you critique the actual talent without critiquing the person? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Agreed. Uh, uh, but I mean, on on the subject of white people saying hard R, Randy Newman, our favorite human being on the planet, has a song called "Good Old Boys," where he drops a hard R like twenty twenty four times, probably because it's in the it's in the hook of the song. Yeah. But uh. He didn't catch any flack for it, and the African community actually, the African American uh, community actually stood up for him uh, because he was portraying a racist person. He wasn't being a racist person, so it's a, a little bit different. Hmm. He still says it so hard. I'm talking about yeah, you I mean, got a friend in me, yeah. like that. That good old good that old, person. Good old well, it's it's good old know, Randy. I mean, I I mean, I would have to like. I'm not I'm not trying to like truth check you or anything. I just I like I I don't I don't know if, Randy was, if that was like a, a if that is that like a is that like like a story you think Randy made up to like to cover it up? No, is that what you're saying, uh, or, is, or is that like a legit? No, it's it's based off of his body of work of being a social activist through his lyrics. Yeah. And the fact that he has stood on extremely um, liberal ground throughout his entire career, mm-hmm. that when he makes a song like this, people take it in context of his character as a person and understand that he is creating something that is supposed to uh, shine a light yeah, on a shitty part of society yeah. as opposed to embodying the shitty part of society fair enough that's really well said actually uh but not that, <laughs> since yeah. then racists have taken that song because the the chorus is keeping them down yeah and uh that was a big trump song big old big, big trump old, supporter big song. old trumper uh, fair enough yeah. still I'm love proud, randy newman I'm proud to say none of none of our projects ever really uh i think got dead hard r's well jay schmauer i think cowboys cowboys and indians might have cowboys come on i feel like anything fits was a part of he's dropping maybe not a hard r but i yeah i'm not sure i mean like i mean like honestly there's probably probably some stuff back there but but you know uh anyway so in terms of, I kind of oh, yeah. forgot the that, minute. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, the minute. Uh, I kind of forgot the minuet. Damn it. The, I kind of forgot that, <laughs> that, that Evan had gotten involved. Um, we only played. How long two was he involved? Months. I mean, literal yeah, months I mean, before should, he went off to college. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have forgotten that. How many shows did you guys play with him? Then? I think it was. I mean, I think it was only two, and I think we had one really good one, and then one where we were all fucked up. And the one that we were that all fucked up was my idea. Like, I had the best, and it's not, I'm not the originator of this idea, but I thought it would be a really cool fucking thing to do, and we did it, and I still think it's fucking cool. We had a song first song, Battle of the Bands, where two bands were set up on either side of the room, the full PA, and the vocalists would pass the mic back and they would do song for song. It was like a like yeah. a like a fight, like a UFC fight night with, with bands. Yeah. And uh, it would have been cool if it was like three or four bands, but it was only two. 
which is yeah, yeah. So it was the minute and uh, fucking uh, forgotten manners. Oh yeah. And it was at Shay Logston's house. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that good old baby boy's house. I love that guy so much. Dude, another like, individual that that like honestly his positivity like su- like surprises me constantly. Like, Especially in the last five years since he was diagnosed with a uh, liver disease. Yeah. Yeah. He's been he's still super active, he's still super positive. I think he went through a transplant recently. Like he, he's a very positive human being. I'm happy that I got to meet Shaylock. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing I thought like about him back in the day was like, you know, again, he's just like he's one of those guys. Like you know, I don't know. I kind of like, I wasn't like super super buddy buddy, but like we, you know, we're always like at the same parties. We were always like bumping into each other. Yeah. And I don't know. He just always like gave off like positive stuff to me. And I just always. Yeah. I thought it was fucking rad that he did that. But yeah, I've, he's I've, like a, I've, I've noticed that he's just kept that, kept up that fucking mentality, man. And that's... Yeah. That's fucking... That's impressive, man. He was like, in that group of people I would classify as like Todd Sutherland, Dane Gifford, David Fitzgerald, and Shay Logson. Or like a yeah, few people that yeah. fit in like that I am always funny category. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah Shay was sure. always fucking funny oh my god yeah dude yeah so so you were playing at Shay Luxton's okay. house battle, we were playing at Shay Luxton's house tit for tat out of the like, was I'm it? super fucked up yeah and I remember like uh I don't think I don't cause we covered like Miley Cyrus and Clay Aiken and I can't I remember, remember if I can't remember if we played uh, see you again I think that's what it was but I ended up finishing the song with like a 30 second screen and I was so did, fucked hold on, hold up on. you guys did Clay Aiken's Invisible though right uh, yeah Cafe Mela like three times <laughs> if I was invisible so, we turned it into like a dance metal song yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so bad to be honest, I will say this about 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 this group. I think you guys were a little like I, I want to say like ahead of the times, but like if you look at like where like if you take this idea that you guys had and the progression of where like some music has gone, metal and techno, that would have that would have been like yeah that you know the next ten years of music since once Skrillex hit, so, we could have like been in that pocket. Yeah. So yeah, kudos there. But uh, so you guys are going, you guys are going tit for tat. You're fu- you're fucked up, and I scream way too long. I make everybody in the room uncomfortable. And when I stop screaming, I look over and Emmett and Zach are staring at me. Zach actually tapped me on my shoulder in mid scream to try to get me to stop, and I didn't stop. I kept going because I yeah. was fucked up. <laughs> shit, That's like dude. the only thing I remember from the whole night. I'm sure everything else was sloppy and gross as shit, but. Um, it was a fun fucking night. Well, sounds yeah. impressive. Yeah, I think that was the last shit. I think that was the last show. I mean, out, we don't have to talk about the community center show. We can talk about that with Troy, because that's and I mean, you and Dusty and Troy should talk about the community show first, because I feel like yeah. Dusty, yeah. I hope remembers that because he made a snide <laughs> remark that 
Zach kind of chewed on him for it, which was absolutely ridiculous. You'll never play in this town again. <laughs> I do. I fucking do. Never play in this town again. It's literally his words. Yeah. yeah so, so um, after that, I don't think it was anything till the Waldos. Fair enough, man. I think Waldos. that was the last show I played till the Waldos, and the only reason that that happened was because you started smoking my cigarette. I got tired of Paul Malls. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, Wal- the Waldos is like a whole thing. I mean, like... You started before me. I wasn't even in the band when you guys started. Yeah, it was... So how, how did the Waldos start? Go, go through that. Dude, I don't even... I, I, I need Caleb here to help me recall this. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, for, from what I remember, it was me, Rex, uh, Caleb, and... I can't remember if, J- if Jasper was on board before, because you were, if Jasper was on board before you or not. But I remember in the formation. I, Jasper was not on board with me. Okay, yeah, because he came on later. Though. Caleb was playing bass. Yeah, and um, but it, you know, I just I remember like when we were formulating it, that like I had you in mind to be in the in this group because like at the same like at the time of like this, you know, how I say it, like. I don't. I don't think Zach's like a, a bad guy by any means. I think he's he holds himself to a really professional standard. Uh, yeah, he we'll was say. out of town at the time, and he, he I was just, gone anyway. I, well, I just I thought that even though the minuet was awesome, I thought that some of your talents were better suited for other things. If you if you get if you get my drift. Yeah. No, and, I get it. And that's why I want to like for, trying to formulate this like you know a little like I don't know. We, it was like it was meant to be heavy but it was also meant to be for myself like an outlet to like write some like not bullshit lyrics potentially but ended up some of them I ain't your baby's being, daddy some of them end up being very uh yeah I ain't your baby's daddy fucking uh you know punk rock skateboard but, that was Rex though Rex yeah, wrote, Rex yeah, wrote yeah, that yeah. Fucking, like the most memorable <laughs> part about that song was all Rex and I will say that that was the most memorable part of the band. That's Dude, the only real, song man. anybody fucking remembers. Like, Anytime Why don't you we guys play, play that set. punk song, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, we just played 45 minutes of our new record and you didn't like any of it. You were here waiting for a shitty three minute punk rock song that our yeah. fucking drummer wrote. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's a really fun fucking Great jam. song. But it's a fun fucking jam to play, man. But it became in this weird way. Like this, this is what I mean. Like you, me, and Caleb should do a, set, a pod with this one. But it became in this weird way. I felt like uh, though we had this like one-hit wonder effect. Not one-hit wonder, but it was like our one hit that everybody wanted to hear. And it was just it's so all annoying. the people in the crowd knew. But it was so annoying to play in a way after a while, where it was like because it was expected, and it was just like, God damn it, dude! Like, yeah. okay, I yeah, know that you. like. What's what are we either gonna you're gonna start a set by buttering them up with it or you're gonna fucking like give them what they want at the end, you know? <laughs> like, neither. Neither, neither. Because in the meantime, in the meantime, it's a whole fucking chaotic scene. Do you remember that we used yeah, to start no. sh- we used to start shows with all of our all of our fucking hands in the middle, doing like the yeah, in a pentagram, in a pentagram, go yep. hail. <laughs> Super important for a band to come together as one before they display themselves as separate on a stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the birth of the idea of the Technicolored Waldos is 
the, the whole Technicolor aspect is. I don't, I don't recall where it came from, but but just the idea that we are all going to play live in Technicolor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we did. We, we did. had our own colors. We for sure did. I mean, I mean, I was best I was the, themed band I've ever been in. I was the Red Waldo. Yeah. Casper uh, was. Casper uh, was the Blue the Waldo. Blue. I, think. I was Caleb, yellow. You were yellow. Caleb was green. Caleb was. Rex was purple. Rex was purple. And uh, and then the white Waldo. And then the glorious white Waldo. <laughs> we the great white Waldo. We eventually speared him and brought him on board. <laughs> Roped his ass in. <laughs> yeah, basically. Fucking A. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, that, I mean, that band was fun as fuck, though. Like, to be frank. Like, that, that I, like, I, think, well, I think to this day, it's one of the most fun bands I've been in. And it set up. And I, I want to bring this up when we start talking about Simon in the Troy podcast uh, that it brought up hangouts. Yeah. Like uh, you, you go in, you play a couple songs, or you play the set, and then you go outside, you throw a frisbee, you smoke a cigarette, you smoke a bowl, yeah. you get high, you drink a beer or whatever. Like you hang out. Like that's the main part. And that fucked with every band I've ever been in. Like I have established that. We hang out. I've established that in every band we've ever been in, where it's like play a couple songs, chill out, hang yeah, out, exactly. make sure we're still, make sure we're grooving and jiving, and then get back to it. Like that's when it works the best is when you're all best friends, when you're all like well, exactly. grooving with each other and shit. And that, exactly. and I guess that was like a staple. Like you guys did that chowder. You guys yeah. think Rex? I don't know if Rex brought it in or if, if one of I don't know how that ended up in. The equation in like the routine of it all, yeah. Yeah, it stuck with me all the way up until Anthropocene. I forced those fucks to stop. Like, no, we're going outside. Yeah. We're hanging out. Like, we're exactly. tossing the football around. Like, no, we're we're spending time together. Exactly, man. It's needed. It's it's needed to to be able yeah. to like perform together, you know, and then like and write together yep. and be as. I mean, you, how do you be songwriting and like writing writing things like? is an intimate process either like any way you look at it because you're communication with, you're, it's communication you're fucking with ideas that people are like presenting to each other so it's a vulnerable time for anybody to be like hey i got this idea like what do you guys think you know yeah like, please don't uh, tell me it's shit yeah yeah or like please don't just like top it with a media you know something else you know <laughs> yeah. oh that's cool what about this Dan? yeah, yeah but what like, about what i wrote yeah yeah <laughs> well fuck okay but you know like that was and that was the thing it's like i think you're right because because of the hangout aspect of band practice uh which was something to always fucking like look forward to like that was the part of the day to always fucking look forward to all uh, the time and like it, it, it definitely like made you know the competitiveness i think and like the ego kind of go down a lot with like the you know how we're how we wrote together and stuff like that there wasn't a dominant one. There was no alpha. There was just us as a group. Yeah. There wasn't like a you submit to me person. It was just like a here we all are accepting each other and having a good time. Even though it might yeah. not have been like, I don't think anybody, maybe, I don't know if a few people will put that label on it now because it seems super homosexual. But I feel like it's just like hanging out with your family and just experiencing each other and being able to communicate on a comfortable level 
makes it way easier when you have to communicate on like what you're saying an emotional high of being yeah. nervous level when yeah. you're very vulnerable and trying to expose things that you think are going to be a positive thing it makes it easier when you know you're in a comfortable environment but you've just spent 15 25 minutes chilling with these guys and you guys are on the same level so you don't feel like you're uh, over contributing or under contributing you feel like yeah it's a part of the flow it's part of the ebb and flow of being in a relationship with five people at the same time yeah i agree and i think uh i, I honestly think that really what helped you gain that mentality and that routine was one i mean rex rex brought that to the table because he had we had the compound dude like the shambly compound yeah was yeah was like it was set up for band practice it was set, it was just the, that big room that big garage like space and you know with the pool table in it all of his dad's like old concert tickets and like the fucking bar top and like you still know, there out, out back was the fucking oh. skate ramp and everything you know like yep not there anymore but yeah fair enough but but it was like you know it it, it i mean it became like our little spot man. like it was and the safe zone it was and i think that it was it was and looking back on it like it was really uh important to like my my life that that became a thing you know and like that became like oh, a space a space to be able to go to you know what i mean it uh, dictated the next 10 years of band relationships that i had for yeah. sure oh for sure and all sorts i mean of it other, really other got... crazy shit happened there besides band practice dude do you remember the fucking uh, the gigantic water slides that they would that they would set up that rex would do standing up on a boogie board and he would like do sex changes and fucking body burials and shit just down this water slide that you could break your neck on. And he's yeah. just like, well, doo-ba-doo, another day at the office, indie grab into the pool. Just ridiculous shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, that's Rex, though. He's this ultra extreme, unafraid personality that I have envied ever since. I fucking met it. He's just so Dude. fearless. I don't understand how you become that fearless I, in honestly, everything. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like that's that's it's something I internally like eternally respect about Rex is that he's yeah fearless is a great word for him and he's just like he's got this like force like this energy that just like like when he yeah when he starts like putting his fucking like attention into something like it. Like, I don't know. It's just like driving force. And that was a huge thing. As soon as he sat down behind the kit in the Waldos, it was just like, it was fucking Magic. on, dude. Like, you'd play something and you're just like, all right, like, somebody's got to match it, you know? <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, and that's like, uh, that's his uh, MO, sort of like he has this super, it's almost like an iceberg. Like, it's so calm and so strong at the same time that it doesn't seem like anything and then you hit it and you realize that you're you are fucked like if you're a boat just chilling out with your creativity or whatever and then this asshole like you said jumps behind the drums no anxiety no like oh i hope this is okay guys we're like oh uh, please don't laugh at me he just gets behind it and then commands it and immediately starts getting reactions out of the people around him like yeah. he uh so it's always calming. It's never frantic. 
or um, anxious. It's always <sighs> okay. Yeah. Let's go. Hell yeah! Well, that's yeah. God damn, dude. Like I, I genuinely, you know, not just like, you know, I just genuinely miss uh, this group of people to play music with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because of these yep. various reasons, like like Rex bringing that energy and that like, you know just mentality to the fucking to the band uh uh you know like you with just like you kind of being a wild card you have like kind of like multiple different talents that kind of just like you know and that's why i mean where you're like you're you're you remind me of david in that way where you can like kind of fluidly you know do all these different kind of things or you just jump in or try to do these different things and that way you're you're pretty fearless which i, I respect man uh you know, with Caleb, I he just, he just the willingness to learn, willingness to learn. I like that, uh, which is something I try. I've tried to take away from your example. I, I really, I really have. It, you know, and but anyway, and Caleb, uh, you know, he brings this just this lighthearted, this fun, and this energy. Uh, Keep talking. That like always is like it just it, it's it just calms people back down. It brings people back to like that ground level. You know, and and it just like it's always just this fun, positive. He's always this fun, positive presence. And Jasper, man, when Jasper came on, he is that boy. But when Jasper came on, Jasper's just again, he's just this goofy, uber talented motherfucker who just like he can just like he's just down, dude. He's just like he'll he'll like sit there and listen to what you're playing, and he'll just like immediately try and find something that works with it. You know, and and what works with it is like the fucking coolest thing you've heard him play and then the next day he, he has such a strong else you know yep and i know i've said it before on here where i think uh another lifelong mantra came with me man, where if you can do it once then you can do it every time perfect yeah and jasper and rex are like the embodiment of that it's like you said you would bring something to the table and then Jasper would match it, and then all of a sudden the next day he had something that would take it over the fucking Oh god, yeah, dude. And that was like that was what was so awesome about this group. Like, you know, uh, it was just yeah. I mean, everybody was just bringing so much, and and it just like it, it didn't collide with itself. It just immediately it was like thrown in this pool, and then it started blending together. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it meshed really well. It, it was it was really really cool. We also, I think, right. during that, if you look up the Technicolored Waldos, you can find that video on uh, on YouTube, and or no, on MySpace. Which one? Or, or no, maybe it's on YouTube now. There's this like old video of that we did. Where okay, it hold like, on. It was like, I'm gonna flush the toilet. It was like I'm gonna, oh, so bad. I'm gonna flush the toilet. Do it. And that's the sound of of your brain on old heart radio. Uh, (laughs) uh, But no, there's this, it was like us when we were recording the album. And oh yeah, no, I've totally seen that. Where is it? Where is it? It's, I think it's, Uh, it's the one where Rex, we're talking about Irish blood and Rex is like, ew, (laughs) Irish blood. And we're like, what's wrong with Irish blood? And he goes, it's got potatoes and shit in it. (laughs) I totally remember that video. I recorded that video. Yeah, there's, yeah. It was, <laughs> oh my God. 
god it's somewhere dude i swear i just like i found it fairly recently it's probably yeah no i've totally watched it uh i don't know if it's i hope it's not gone but i'm very i'm familiar i might even have the original video on my macbook it might be just on on myspace you can still look up the colored waldos on myspace ladies and gentlemen dear hot i have (laughs) definitely watched that video since then Dude, uh, self-professed, like, largest Technicolored Waldos fan, biggest Technicolored Waldos fan in the world, Dustin Hayes, is the first thing that <laughs> pops up when I type in myspace.com Technicolored Waldos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. Dude, shout-outs to Dustin, man. Like Shout-out to the Nightmares. Shout-out to, what is he in, Not All There, Not all there or something no. like that? Yeah. And he's so, yeah, yeah. shout-out to, to Dustin Hayes' solo project. Shout out Dude. to Dustin Hayes, uh, chrono, chrono, uh, he's chronicling the music throughout the Wenatchee Valley yeah. through time. Through time, man. He's digging up so many like random like old uh, like, records and, yep. and things. And they, like he things was, on labels I have never even heard of, but like we're, you know, yep. we're around back in the day. It's like it's really cool, man. Mad he would respect. be a great one to get on this podcast too, even though he might not have been in our friend group his unique perspective he was at those shows he did so see those things happen like oh yeah he's a local well for sure for sure this this whole the fact that all these like pods with the friends are happening is is sort of unprecedented i didn't know it like really get the ball rolling and people would really want to continue doing them and so it's become this like thing with this program and i've thought about branching yep. it off and just doing a different show uh but at the same time because I mean, I, but I just don't want to discourage. I, I want people to understand the atmosphere of the show, and like you guys are really helping me cultivate that because it's like it's this sure. friend. It's supposed to be a friendly catch up. You know, we're just hanging out, we're shooting the shit, we're just fucking talking, whatever the fuck comes up. And yep. you know, and and uh, but I want to keep that with other people because that's sort of for me. That's one of those things. Like I socially really suck. Like I don't put myself out there anymore. I don't really get. Uh, I don't go out of my way to be uh, entertaining or entertained by people. I just don't really, <laughs> you know. What yeah, I, mean? I like, get it. Like I'm just sort of like, and I don't, I don't necessarily like that. And so the, the reason I, uh, Dustin would be a great person on the show not only is because of, like the work he does, but because it would also be another. Uh, th- this whole show is like supposed—it's it's a way for me to just kind of like get to know other fucking people you know whether that's a real life over zoom or like get reacquainted with people and caught up or whatever you know it's communication happening in like some sort of form like that makes us all better humans i think no i agree i mean we are a a nucleus that has been spread out and you are the centrifuge that is bringing us back together well I, i mean I, again, I think I think Old Heart Radio is doing that. I don't know. If, I mean, I guess it's I guess I do everything for <laughs> Old Heart Radio, but I, you know, eventually I want to put everything. I don't know. Eventually, it'd be nice to like have a way to get other, get things involved, get things going in different ways, and get things growing in different ways here. Like, dude, I thought about Dreamers sure. the other day for the first time in a long time. I I have not stopped thinking about. I I think about it every day. Boy, 
I've been thinking about so I goddamn much lately. I like think about the thinking about having Jameson Jones and Caleb McGrady and Dusty Gill, you know, with his like repertoire of like funny fucking like animated voices and like Troy Vines even with his, you know, and like and like getting all these characters kind of back, you know, these friends kind of back in the community and communications got me thinking like things like that would be really fun projects to try to like, you know, use as like one time a year we all like get together and try and record this thing you know like this yeah. program or whatever and like the rest of the year we all spend troubleshooting and doing notes on stuff or whatever in between other casts or whatever we do i'm just hoping that we can continue yeah, yeah. i don't know if everybody else is as i mean i don't mean for i don't want everybody to be as interested as i am at the moment i want them to be i, I want them to be at whatever they want to be at with this show i'm just grateful that people are are participating you know but for I, those I, of our friends yeah for all, every single one of our friends who has no idea what Dreamos, Dreamos is. is. Exactly, I was just kidding. <laughs> that long rambling, <laughs> romanticizing of friendship is done, dear people. Well, okay, so let's let's jump ahead in time real quick. So let's stop at the Technicolor Waldos and let's yeah. pick up in the in the future at Revenge Revenge. Definitely, yeah, we gotta stop with with with, with Simon until we talk to Troy. Uh, Agreed. So we uh, we jump cut years ahead, and you and I are heavily involved in creative processes together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've been, you know, playing co-creators in- for years. Yes, we'll say. And you, you can say newest- playing a different. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our newest. Our the the latest endeavor at this moment in time is becomes revenge revenge which what what's like the what's like the 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 very basic idea of revenge revenge so the super basic condensed version of besides being a musical project besides being a musical project we'll we'll put that all aside so (laughs) what this did was kickstart our co-writing journey of stories rather than co-writing songs and Revenge Revenge was the bridge between those two things that led us to Dreamos, I believe. And Revenge Revenge is two hybrid uh, uh, robot humans, yeah. humanoids, who have been banned from all existence and are in just blackness. And what they have done with this gift that, that they call isolation is search out questions. They want to know the best questions in the universe, yeah, not right. answers. They don't give a shit about answers. They don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter because it's not about the answers. It's about the question. So what Revenge Revenge does is they are exiled from hum- from all of existence for their quote-unquote crimes. Their crimes, as far as their memories are concerned, have just relegated to revenge. That was That was their crime. And so they both identify as their crimes. Hence, two characters, both named Revenge. Revenge. And so, through long story short, they dock at a spaceport. It goes poorly. The intergalactic government shows up to resolve other matters. But in the in that proximity of that happening, spot Revenge, Revenge within the realms of society and decide to pursue them. Chase them. All the mean. All the meanwhile, all we're trying to do is get away. But in in the end, we end up toppling a galactic government body by accident. 
but you know, not on purpose. It's just by accident. It was just a byproduct. We didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> Anywho, it's we got really comfortable but, in the writing process with that. Do you have comments on that? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you basically like that. That's this the story. It, I think to this day, I've wanted to always yeah. flush it out more than we ever got a chance to. Be and a Keep lot doing of that, it. A lot of that has no, to agree, do. Well. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, so there's that, you know, like, this is a testament to like your creative drive, dude. There's so many tracks of, of sonic, you know, oh, patterns God. and noises and sounds and fucking, you know, just I like mean, legit, legit music, man. Some things sound that sound like just like fucking like space ballads. And it's like, there's just like, there's just so much just sitting there. And I feel so. In a way, I feel guilty because 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 we it's like we started down this road and and uh, you know I did I feel like I didn't get a chance to follow it through as and I I feel like you brought a a lot of us. But anyway, I'm I'm glad we're talking about Revenge Revenge because I was thinking about whether or not I was going to bring it up on the cast or not. But I had this idea a while ago and I can't never remember if I pitched it to you. But I thought it would be so funny because of the proximity that we're in and the fact that, uh, you know, there's there's all this work. Uh, we should each take five tracks out of there and chronicle a, like a twin EP of like basically... Like a diary? So, so here's the idea. So at some point, and we can flush this out off, off cast, but at some point we get split because of circumstances and these five tracks are like the journey yeah. that we have had like to get that, back to each to other get, to get back to like what will eventually be a revenge revenge album you know what i mean but, right, the, twin, right. but the idea I like of, that but the idea of the twin album is that one's revenge and one's revenge so you have to put them together to be revenge to revenge. get revenge revenge yeah, yeah. So, oh that'd be so, even if they were called the same thing that would be yeah. so hard dude i'm telling you <laughs> i really think that that'd be that'd good be, yeah you release it as a solo project for each like you have a spotify i have a spotify and then uh like if we have to like revenge point zero one or whatever yeah. like we can figure out some shit but like uh yeah we'll flush it off outside the yeah. podcast for so you. i want, you to, that I want you to think of, i want you to think about that man because that's been floating around yep. I, I, a long time ago it feels like i set aside like a handful of tracks that i know i want to try and take a crack at one of them is seven x of course but of course <laughs> completely inspired i mean we had a whole story based off the 057x05 like all the other different zero whatever there was like so three cool. or four of them but they were their own robots that were in space well, there's 057x mimic. there's 427x which is which yes. is a number that that both you and it hits for you and i because uh, for hard reason, dude. uh but, yeah um, there's like yeah there's a couple more i can't i can't remember the other yeah. one there are a series of that there was one they were they mimicked the uh hear no evil see no evil speak no evil monkeys yeah. where they they were each a specific attachment of one of those senses and they could only absorb those senses Dude. anyway that's all that's, that's so thing so not to throw that's that so much place, that but... we did <laughs> So but, we, yeah, we did Revenge Revenge, and we're gonna do more of Revenge Revenge. But that eventually led but, to but that the idea to... of creating 
Hold on, a radio have, show. We have to talk about uh, about this the, the show that we the one show that Revenge Revenge was able to you know, get on. And oh. how, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I will say this. Besides my oh, you say how bad it is. My 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 vocal performance. Uh, <laughs> uh, you had your parts pretty much down. I thought I did when we went so, into this, and I just I was just like, whoop, whoop, I've lost. Like, <laughs> and uh, I learned, I that learned was, that day yeah. that you never, ever, ever, when performing hip hop, ever mute the backing track. Always just turn it down. So the vocals are still happening in the background, and the guys, the rapper, the artist who's making the mouth voices. Yeah. Uh, knows where the song is, yeah. and instead I just muted them, and <laughs> so you had no idea where you were in the beat, well, and and so it was an L for both of us. Like I I <laughs> fucked us, well, and then our performances <laughs> ultimately fucked us. Yeah, but 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 it was one of the best shows we've ever played. Exactly, exactly. It was one of the best shows. <laughs> it was so fucking epic, like because. Yep. The, uh, hype, the hype what's was his real. Name came up to us afterwards. The hype was so real. Uh, Paige Forehand was there. For all of those who know, uh, Paige Paige Forehand made it out to that gig. Where were y'all? Where were y'all? Uh, uh, that that other was, DJ was, guy. I mean, this uh, was, what one, was of the, one of the first nights that me and Nadine would have been like really like doing something together. Because she's got, she got the one, she took epic, the one amazing photo photos of the, Revenge Revenge. The one, that's our, Bef- I, if we ever get married, that's the photo that's, that's, that's going to be at the wedding. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, that's the photo. Uh, but it's, you know, it, 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 it is a photo of the glorious Revenge Revenge suits that, that were crafted. Because that's the thing, like, that was so much fun about this project besides, like, uh, uh, the actual like the making of the music it was all the context all the context man. <laughs> all the context that we were putting into it and that's because and that goes back for me that goes back to like like things like schmouter which you know like not to get into too much but it's like with the know, mask and like, the it, talent show it's like, like if you're gonna go you fucking just go like you go hard if you're gonna present something like an idea you fucking like present that you just you just dive right into it you know you just throw it out there you own it yep. like it's happening whether that's you know and revenge revenge like when we went to we went and got uh like painters jumpsuits and uh we went yep. to goodwill and, and got like all sorts of just like random hodgepodge things like a speaker uh like a, like some tubing you know some uh, football pads, like some ten-year-old, ten-year-of-age yeah. human being size football pads <laughs> that we super glued that fucking speaker to. Like we went hard. Yeah, we, we spray painted everything. We made our own shit. Black. Yeah, and then we, we had sh- masks. We had like uh, ski goggles on our faces and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went oh all God. the way. And what was fucking ridiculous <laughs> was that we showed up to the show as normal Jeremiah and Jared, right? We were just oh, like we Jeremiah fucked Jared, up to the foyer bathroom. Yo, we're here to like, you know, like <laughs> check in and stuff like that. And then as soon as, so this is the thing about the fucking night that other that the other thing that threw me off, dude. I don't know if you recall this, but you, I mean, you probably do. Like it took forever to get the show going because they well like, our um. 
we had to have a scan disc with a Beats on it or a thumb drive, and it didn't work because mine was conditioned to a Mac and he didn't have a Mac. Well, so like I was set. It wasn't just that though. It was like the overall show. Like, like. Oh yeah, no, I like, don't remember that. There was like a couple of people that weren't there on like to, to like on time. The set wasn't even like the whole set list or like show list wasn't even like figured out. And so sure. there were like, there was, like throwing, ten people on that bill. Were, yeah, I mean, it, was, like, it was. Yeah, they were just trying to jam as many hip hop acts around from from Olympia, Washington, as they could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so and so they were, which I'll say at the time there was a couple, but including Revenge, Revenge. Uh, but, <laughs> right. But, uh, fucking right. But, but so there's they were trying to like organize this thing on the fucking fly, and so it kind of dragged out like the whole opening of the of, of like the the show, and then basically the who was at the time probably like the most notorious, uh, well, not notorious, well-known, not well-known, uh, MC from Olympia at the time was MC Swamp Tiger because like there had been yeah! some sort of like random write-up about him in, in the New York Times or some shit like that. And, yeah, cool like, guy. Or like a mention of him. Yes, he was actually a very, uh, he was a very nice guy from what I recall. Uh, he praised us. He came up to us after the show and fucking ate our assholes. I think he, I think he liked the context, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's right. <laughs> so like when everything was getting organized, you know, from what I figured, I was like, well, obviously Swamp Tiger's got to be like near the closer because he's gonna be like the fucking person killing the night, right? It's but they start the night. They decide to like throw him right before us, and so he does his set. <laughs> right before us i go piss my pants and then we change into the fucking revenge you know revenge, revenge costumes <laughs> you know yeah. i was just like i was just like dude he actually does like a good job on on stage and i'm just and like hits his notes and like he's like his lyrics are pretty like pretty on and i'm just like okay well fuck dude <laughs> like, here i am like okay i think i remember my shit i know i remember my shit okay boy <laughs> you know? i mean i remember 20 minutes before we went on stage 15 minutes before we went on stage we're in my car listening to this shit on the yeah. computer yeah. plugged into my stereo so we could fucking like run through this shit before we get on stage because i was worried i was like i don't think i have it i don't know yeah. if you have it like let's Let's yeah. make sure we have it. There's so many fucking words that we have to say in the next 20 minutes. Let's make was, sure we know all of them that before we go up there. Was the difference between this project and other projects for me before? Well, uh, aside from like a couple, one does, but uh, it was that it was just like you know there's so much lyric to like you know so so many lyrics that you know that you're like presenting you know and rather than like okay like boom here's my break like catch the hook let's go get back in like you know uh you're just like okay i'm pretty much here like the whole time i'm riding this out then i'm passing off to you you're passing it right back like you know like, yep. when you're done and so we, uh, it was it was it was kind of like an intimidating amount of words to try to remember at the moment for just trying to and i think that i don't know i probably could have i, I mean i know i could have done better but i, I think i could have like probably and looking back on it there's definitely like practices i could have done that were helpful i think <laughs> you know, i like, think for but the context for, uh, was real <laughs> i'm saying for worst case scenario like we rode through that shit pretty hard well that and yeah you're goddamn right we did we it, rode it on a fucking like like it was a flying 
unicorn through space, man. It was it was intense yeah. and amazing and beautiful because we got we went I, after we checked in and after the set started going and like after Swamp Tiger was 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 I think starting a set maybe we went out to your car, grabbed our costumes and dipped. Yeah, <laughs> we dipped into the little voyeur's grummy ass bathrooms and fucking. And, and we ch- you know, changed into our costumes. Just, and from then on, it was completely like revenge, revenge. Like that was the thing. It wasn't yeah. like, I remember like, I was just like, I was just like, it's Jared, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like, you wanna, just, that's the best thing about a costume. You just forget your old persona and you adorn this new persona. And uh, this persona is whatever you want it to be. Well, exactly. Well, it was, it, and it was just, it was just really fun you try to I mean like it's it's that level of comedy it's like god you gotta imagine this way Andy Kaufman maybe experienced in a little bit of a way where it's like you know you know everybody uh, knows that you're fucking with them and you know that you're fucking with them but you don't stop fucking with them and you keep laughing <laughs> and the, yeah the goal, you keep the whole goal they hate you even to, more well the whole goal is to try to get them to like see you know through that and just like the strange ruse of it all in a way but anyway I, I just enjoyed taking it so seriously that I was just like I basically was in the joke for sure yeah I basically walked around trying to convince people that the two of us had beamed up to the starship or whatever and, or wherever we went and like that we had beamed down <laughs> and that's why we were here doing a set <laughs> yep we've just come down from the mothership afterwards it was sort of the same thing when we changed out of costume sometimes I remember people would come up and be like, yo, weren't you that guy? Like, well, because while we were hanging out in the foyer. And a couple times I was just like, um, no? (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) Are you talking about those those android brothers that flew back up to their spaceship and left Earth? Yeah, I'm not one of them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no. How could I be? They left Earth, you (laughs) fucking idiot. Idiot. They're gone. How could I be one of them? What? (laughs) I'm Use your at, logic, Mike. I'm here at the voyeur, dummy. <laughs> yeah. No. Do you see any space attire on my body? No. So fuck off. But I mean, that that fucking swamp tiger, that boy came up to us afterwards and was just like, I wanted to do a space thing, and then you guys did a space thing, and like... Oh my God, you guys are so cool. And literally just ate our asses for a good three to five minutes. He was so fucking yeah. into that. We're not even two dreamos yet. Yeah, when you have it, you have it. We're touching two hours, probably. No, actually, I was just going to say, my friend, uh, we're at about like two hours, 40 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking we might, I might wrap this one up. because We got, we'll yeah, we still have, we still have yeah. a litany of things to talk about. We, we have a uh, whole bunch. Well, we have King Lames to talk about. We have, Ooh! you know, like other attempts, you know, a just friend? a bunch of stuff. We have a friend that we haven't even fucking touched. We, we, haven't, oh! even talked, we haven't even talked about Deep Soap, dude. We haven't even I know. We haven't even broached the topic of Deep. Um, we also, did, I, I wanted to ask you one thing before we go. This will be the last yeah. thing that I have to do. Yeah, no worries. Um, does Troy know that we ran with Simon the Leper? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's aware though, of the fact that, like... Does he, though? I mean, I, 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 either way, I don't think he's going to feel bad, like, feel weird about it. No, I I, uh, I was hoping that he... I, 
I hope that he heard that, but I really hope he heard a friend because I think a friend is really what we wanted the original Simon the Leopard to be, but not executed as well as we could have with the original Simon the Leopard because we didn't have the experiences that we did. And I feel like a friend was like a really mature rationalization of our ability to collaborate. And I wish we would have had that when we were doing the first Simon the Leper record, because I feel like it would have been... Yeah. It, it, not, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get stuck up in it could have been, it would have been bullshit, but like, I, th- I think about that. It doesn't keep me up, but I think about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, in a way, I, 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 kind of, I kind of agree with you, where at least for myself, I'm thinking about vocally. I think with what, can I, what I can say about myself, the first Simon the Leper album, this um, is that I think I tried to push myself and I don't know if it always worked out in my favor and I don't think or, or the like the band's favor you know what I mean and I, sure. I, don't, I, I think that I had some ideas that I could have ran with better um, vocally I suppose sure uh, but yeah a friend like thing that worked about that was that you know deep soak is very similar to troy in a way where 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 troy is this very like calming precise like on it person behind the kit you know and uh, and i i don't think not to discredit deep uh but you know like troy is very very like perfect and Josh always, you can, you can tell with every, with every practice that he wanted to seek perfection and mm-hmm. that he always strove for it, dude. He was always practicing on a pad in between practices. He was always talking about trying to get new gear. He was like, and, and, but like having him behind the kit, he was very, very on it. Like he could listen to what you were doing and he could like bounce something off of it ride something out until something came into his head that he tried to incorporate it and then like if that didn't work he'd try something else like you know but yeah. in the meantime he'd keep that that beat going on the ride simple and, like and you know it, it it became conduit for for yeah like probably at that time a better mature uh version of of ourselves as creators uh to collaborate and come together with that that type of force i think and yeah I don't know, man. It's it's interesting to think about. Uh, I do. I mean, I to close everything up because I do gotta get going. Uh, my phone's about to die. Okay. Um, a friend outside of Revenge and Dreamos and our like what I would consider more artistic and writing endeavors, as far as like a raw, just get it off of the bone type of project. A friend is like the my favorite thing we've ever done I, I love that record so much of you is in it so much of me is in it and then deep just flowers himself in when most necessary i absolutely love flawless victory which is a fucking great title I anyway too, before man. i get it's, too it's, far up my own ass it's gotta be to be honest it's gotta be the record that we've made out of all of them that i listen to the most you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yep. Because because it reminds me the most of 
reminds me the most of Josh and and it reminds me of myself and like the type of human that I want to be because I poured so because I just poured I just we will talk about it later but I poured I poured, I just poured yeah what I had into it at the time and I don't know what result that came out with for other people but it worked really well for what I needed to get off my chest you know what I mean Black Bear still fucks me up to this day. Hey, I mean, I feel like in, at one point in our relationship, you told me that you wrote it for me in that song. Yeah. Fucks me up. Still it's to about, this day listening to it. It's about having a best friend. Yeah. yeah. That song fucks me up, Jared. It makes me feel like I fucked off a lot of responsibility. I love you. And I, love I hope you, you have too, a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Jeremiah, thank you for this almost three hour fucking podcast. Holy shit, man. Seriously, I hope someone listens. Oh, they will. I hope you have a good <laughs> night, my friend. Much uh, love. Do the same, my brother. Take it easy. Much love. <laughs>